we are checkmates. Lower your iPod and surrender your time. Your enthusiasm and passion for Star Trek will be added to our own. Resistance is futile. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Trekmate Podcast. Its continuing mission to entertain, enlighten, educate, and talk all things Trek. To boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Make it so. Prepare to attack all hands battle stations. Don't worry, we will get to the bottom of this. I don't want excuses, I want answers. Am I authorized to enter the neutral zone? How do you think that tells me about your character? Captain's log, stardate 3541.9. Program complete. Enter when ready. Hello and welcome to Trekmate. My name's Wayne Emery. And my name's Mark Stamper. The glorious homecoming. We are back after two two weeks. Two weeks since we did the Podathon, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is. It's uh, it's soon rolled round. It's uh, I can't believe it's been that long since. I know it is incredible. But um, we had so yeah, we had a little bit of a break. Uh, it was quite nice to have that little bit of a break. But to be honest, I missed podcasting. What about you, Wade? <laughs> oh yeah, no, definitely, definitely. It, it's something that's never far from your mind. No, it isn't, is it? No, no, definitely not. So, how have you been? Busy, yeah, busy just with uh, like finishing off decorating bits and then uh, getting pe- bits and pieces ready for the new arrival. Uh, that's the, even though uh, we haven't really been uh, around, there's been plenty going on behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. So, yeah, I've been busy, busy with work as always, but uh, very busy behind the scenes getting uh, a few little bits and pieces ready for Star Trek London and uh, another little something which we'll talk about uh, when we get to the news, I guess. Um, But yeah, yeah, always busy behind the scenes. There's always something going on in Trekmate land, isn't there? There really is. It's one of them things that uh, you can pretty much guarantee that even if it's a quiet period, it isn't really. No, (laughs) definitely not. (laughs) Yeah, so mics have been off, uh, keyboards not so much. No, no. But overall, Podathon, fantastic success, I think. Yeah, I personally think it went very well. Yeah, I was uh, very glad that we did actually manage to pull that off. So 24 hours of live podcasting, and it all worked. Yeah, it it went off. That's the thing, few sound issues, but to be honest, after going for that long... I'm not surprised. Yeah. No, exactly, and I I think we managed to put it off fairly well. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I think it was I think it was a a big success, and I think everyone uh, who listened in really seemed to enjoy it. So if you haven't listened, then you can can actually head on over to our website, and you can download all 24 hours of the Podathon in little chunks if you if you wish to. Yeah, 
Exactly, and it's uh, it's been separated out into pretty much the hours. So even though the hours ran over, we've kept it to like the the topics of that hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah we have. So there are some uh, shorter or longer or whatever, but uh, no, it's uh, well worth listening. It's fun listening back to a few bits. Yes, yes, I've listened to pretty much everything there, and. Uh... Yeah, really good fun. Really enjoyed it. Um, glad it's over. Glad it all worked. But uh, yeah, a lot of fun. And of course, we did manage to raise a lot of money for charity. We have, and we've still been having the donations come in. Yeah, uh, which is which is amazing. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, as we speak, well, when we left the Podathon, we had raised 1400 Mm-hmm. And at the moment, as we speak, uh, we're over the 1600 mark, which is fantastic because so, we did we we did set a target of 1500 pounds, so we're now at 111 percent of our target. We have raised 1660 pounds and 97 pence. So yeah, no, it's absolutely fantastic. We can't thank everybody enough uh, for all of the, your, your kind donations. It really does make a difference. Yes, it does. And thank you, everyone. Yeah, and I've um, been in contact with uh, the special care baby unit and let them know how it went, and uh, they was very appreciative and very supportive of the event. And um, they they gave us the choice of uh, what they actually wanted the money to actually be spent on. Oh, okay. And it, it was a question of, I was like, well, I, I, I don't know what anything costs. Yeah. <laughs> or, or what you're in real need for. So after speaking to them. Uh, our money is actually going to go towards. Uh, it, it's enough to buy uh, two of these special cribs. Oh, okay. Well, that's um, yeah, that's worthwhile, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah, exactly. They're they're um, in need of uh, replacing some of their much older equipment. So uh, they said that's uh, ideal. So yeah, and they said Perfect. they'll even put a. A little plaque on it, so it was donated by us as well. Oh, excellent. That's exactly. nice. And I like that. Yeah, no, so I think that's... Uh, it, it's nice to know where your money has gone. Yes, definitely. Think of all those little babies being saved with a little checkmate plaque on their uh, on their crib. Exactly. That makes me, that makes me happy. It, it does. We'll have to ask them to put a little link in as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a little promo there. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, and I, I just think the, the whole sense of community that came out of that event was it was fantastic. fantastic. It, it was, it was amazing. Yeah, having everyone there in the in the chat room talking to us and giving us support and sending us tweets and giving us money and being able to interact with people was was really fantastic. And uh, and I think we were both worried before the event, weren't we, that it was uh, wasn't going to go to, down too well. But it was absolutely amazing in the end. Really, yeah. really worthwhile. And, and you know, it, it, all of all of the hard work really did pay off. So I'm really, really glad that we did it. Yeah, especially in the closing moments of the 24th hour as well. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. What was there any particular highlights for you or? Um, sections I enjoyed, I mean, I think everyone really enjoyed the music section that we did with mm-hmm. Matt Warwick. I really, really enjoyed that. It was fantastic. Listen to that back a lot. Um, I really enjoyed our Star Trek London chat, mm-hmm. where we didn't actually talk too much about Star Trek London, but never mind. It was really, really good fun to have Adam and Paul on for that. And 
the real-time reviews I enjoyed as well. Yeah, I did. I, I always like doing them. I really enjoy doing my real-time review of First Contact. Yeah, no, that, that was a good one to listen to. And uh, JD and Fez were on top form. Yeah, they were, absolutely. And they did it well. <laughs> just just for those guys. <laughs> and uh, for me, I, that's the thing. There were so many bits that I love. The improvised Star Trek guys, though, were legends. It's amazing how they managed to pull that off and just do all that live and play all the music and all the sound effects through live and just have it all sounding so professional. It was quite amazing, really. Yeah. No, yeah, I, would, I would say they was one of my highlights. So, uh, the real-time review of The Visitor, for me as well, mm. I also really enjoyed. Yeah. So Just because just it's a fantastic episode, really. Actually, listen, I, li- I listened to that for the first time, actually, last night. It was one of the last bits uh, I hadn't listened to and listened to that uh, last night. So, yeah, enjoyed that. Although there was a lot of silence where it was like, shh, shut up, I'm watching the episode. <laughs> we will just sat there watching it go, this is awesome. Oh, yeah, I suppose we should be, I suppose we should be talking at this bit, shouldn't we? Yeah, yeah. exactly. But did, did enjoy that. Exactly. But... Uh, one thing that uh, I, I did want to say as well is the donations page is still live. Uh, so if you do want to make any donations, just head on over to justgiving.com forward slash teams forward slash trackmatepodathon. Uh, I was going to close it, but then we ended up having about 200 quid being donated today. So, so uh, let's keep it open a little bit just to see. Yeah. Maybe another week. Or so if we le- yeah, if we leave it till say Sunday the eighth, I guess it'll be, won't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Seventh, Sunday the seventh, it'll be. Yeah, give it another week. Yeah, I just just give people that a little bit longer because seeing as we've just come back, so yeah, no, but still, okay. So seeing as we've caught up since the uh, big event. Uh, I suppose it's time that we move on over here. Time for Trek News on the Trekmate Podcast. Yes, and it's time for the news. So, uh, slightly slow uh, news recently. Uh, the one bit that uh, we did have was uh, that there has been a new Kickstarter started up yes. for uh, Star Trek Renegades, which is a, a fan-supported uh, uh, film, a bit like, um, was it Of Gods uh, of Gods and Men? Yes, uh, something like that. That's it was something like that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so they're uh, basically going to be putting together a uh, little online, uh, I would have thought it would be a, like, uh, series of uh, mini films mm, mm. I would have thought and it's uh, going to be set in the uh, about 10 years post uh, Voyager and uh, so they're going to uh, Voyager's going to be home it's going to include uh, actors throughout the entire series including Walter Koenig uh, Tim Russ Garrett Wang sorry Wong oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Robert Picardo Ethan Phillips and Gary Graham Excellent. So, uh, and Tim Russ will actually be directing the pilot, 
which will be uh, co-written and co-produced by a gentleman named Ethan H. Cork. So it's it's exciting. It's always nice to watch fan uh, productions of mm. Trek because we're not getting much else. No. No. We're getting a movie every four years at the moment, so yeah, nice to see anything, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And uh, Walter Keener looks like he's going to actually be playing an admiral. Yeah, yeah, looks like it. Of uh, some description, so who has obviously aged very well, considering how old Bones looked. Yeah, he would be well over 100, but he'd be about like 150 by this point. But maybe he's not playing Chekhov. Maybe he's just. Walter Koenig's playing someone else who just happens to look like Chekhov. I don't think it actually says if it is. No, they, they actually parent. haven't mentioned uh, Chekhov at all. So I suppose it's very possible. Mm. It's very it's possible because someone. Chekhov would be, I, I think, probably coming on to 180. <laughs> He's going to be getting, yeah, getting on a little bit. <laughs> and uh, as, as much as Walter Koenig may have aged... I don't think he can pull that off quite yet. No, not quite. And uh, so the amount that they need to raise by November 26th is $200,000. Okay, that's a fairly yeah, fairly large sum of money, but okay. It is, and uh, I haven't had a look to see what they're actually offering because obviously whenever someone does a Kickstarter there, uh they offer like uh, rewards. Mm. For donations, I haven't actually looked. Just having a look now, they've got $28,283 at the moment. And that's been open three days? Um, yeah, something like that. 357 backers and they've put $28,000 between them, so yeah. not too bad. With a minimum uh, pledge of $1, though, if you donate, if you pledge $10... Uh, you receive the crewman rank, which receives a digital download of the official movie poster and your name as a backer on the official website. Uh, then also a $25 uh, donation gets uh, is a chief petty officer, uh, oh. which receives all of the above, plus a digital download of the film in all its HD glory, along with extras too. So if you're giving $25, you're getting the whole movie as it were so yeah. you're That's getting a money's bad. worth there uh, if you pledge 50 you're receiving all of the above plus a special edition DVD of the film uh, and then uh, and that'll be in Blu-ray then uh, for a $100 donation uh, you are receiving an awesome limited edition I'm a Renegade t-shirt and uh, then for the $100 pledge, you are receiving the T... Uh, oh, you won't receive the T-shirt. You'll receive everything else apart from the T-shirt, plus a DVD of Star Trek of Gods and Men. Yeah. So, and then $250 uh, gets you your choice of T-shirt or of Gods and Men DVD, plus an autographed cast photo personally signed by cast member. So only one cast member. Uh, $250 gets all of that, plus the special version of the film uh, featuring 330 pop-up comments. 
that's an average of 3.7 pop-ups per minute, apparently. So loads of information being chucked at you. Uh, so mm, it doesn't actually look like this. No. Just just donate money. I haven't looked for all of these properties, yeah, but there's a lot of stuff there. There's, they've got them going up to ten thousand dollars. So yeah, yeah, and then there's plenty to choose from if you do want some uh, huge um, payoffs for it. So yeah, no, they've even got uh, oh no, they've got as well as uh, that wasn't listed on that list. Uh, Richard Hurd who played um, an admiral in, was it? Yes, that was Admiral Paris. Yeah. Voyager, yeah. And then uh, Manu Interami. Oh, yeah. He, he, looks a, he looks a bit different now, doesn't he? He does look a bit, well, I suppose he's grown up. Yeah, he's grown up, yeah. So, yeah, no, so uh, get on there. and uh, How would you say, Mark, give them your money? Yeah, give them your money. They want your money. But not as much as we do. So give us money first. And if you've got any left, give them a little bit as well. <laughs> exactly. Because uh, if they don't reach the $200,000 goal, then they get nothing. Yes, exactly. Unfortunately, so what, what think... happens to all that Kickstarter money then, I've wondered? So if they fall short of the goal, do they just get to keep the money or do they give it back? No, it's um, it, it gets refunded. Does it? To the person, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. I was wondering, that's a nice little way to make some money, isn't it? I need 10 million quid to do this. Um, okay. Then you get then you get like $2,000 and say, oh, I'll keep that. Okay, it gets refunded. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, it gets refunded. And um, I, I was just thinking, I don't think Michael Dorn was successful with his Kickstarter. No. I mean, he had a fairly... A fairly high target there, didn't he? He, so, I think, it was about seven hundred thousand. Yeah, it was quite ambitious, but uh, oh well, never mind, never mind. And I've got another little bit of news here. Of course, on uh, September the twenty-eighth, uh, it was the twenty-fifth anniversary of the debut of TNG. So an absolutely uh, groundbreaking series, of course, because that was the series that kicked Star Trek uh, back off again us all and uh, really brought it back into the, into the public imagination. So 25 years, that's absolutely amazing. And I was just reading this little uh, bit on the Radio Times website and they've got the listing of what they think are the 10 best moments from T&G. Some I'd agree okay. with, some I wouldn't. So, no, I don't know if these are in any particular order um, in, in ascending or descending order, but they've got the best of both worlds. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Chain of Command Part 2. Yes. Yeah. They have the Inner Light. Obviously. Obviously. The Measure of a Man. Yeah. I'd agree with that one. I would agree with that. It is a good episode. Uh, Yesterday's Enterprise. I wouldn't disagree. No. I enjoy that. Relics. Wouldn't agree with that. Mm, I love... It's okay. That's the thing. No, I love Relics. And it is one of my favourite episodes to just pick up and whack on because uh, it's got a huge nostalgia value. However, for actually being this is what TNG is best at, I wouldn't have said it shouldn't necessarily been on that list. But it, it, don't get me wrong, I absolutely love the episode. Wouldn't say it needs to be on that list. No. Uh, number seven, they've got Cupid. 
which is a funny episode. It's got really? some nice moments. Yeah, they've got Cupid. Obviously, I am not a merry man, etc. I mean, it's funny, uh, but it sh- probably shouldn't be on that list. If you're going to pick a Q episode, it's all good things. Or Q Who. Uh, yeah. Introduction of the Borg. Nice tense episode. There were lots of tapestry. Lots of better Q episodes. Yeah, tapestry is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I would say if you was going for just a one shot, then tapestry would definitely be. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The one to go for. But They've also gone for the drumhead from season two. I think it's from season two. Who's picking this list? I'm not sure. I mean, it's not a, not a bad episode. I think it, actually, I think that was one of Matt Hansen's Desert Island tracks. It's certainly not one of my favourites. I mean, it's not bad, but it wouldn't make it onto the list. Bit no, that's the, I'm I'm just thinking. No, it's not a bad episode whatsoever. But it's far better. TV. I can think of better. Yeah. 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 Number nine is Conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. I, if you was going to pick anything from season one, that would be... That's probably one the, I enjoy. by far the best from season one, isn't it, by yeah. a long chalk. Yeah. And at number ten, we have All Good Things. Okay, well, yeah, All Good Things had to be on there. Yeah, you're not going to argue with that. So, yeah, I would, I would take some issues with what they've... Uh, some of those moments they've picked on there. But still, happy 25th anniversary. Yeah, happy birthday. TNT. Absolutely fantastic. And uh, in celebration, I've got the perfect song to uh, close up the pod. Oh, cool. I look forward to that. A, uh, a Moya classic. Excellent. So, to that. yeah, so that's pretty much it for Star Trek news. Yeah, that's it. It's been a little bit of a quiet couple of weeks, but we have had a little bit, um, while we've been off the air, as it were, we have had some Star Trek London news. Yeah. And they have uh, announced the final guests, or they've said it's final guests. We don't know if we will get another little secret surprise. Mm-hmm. We often like to hold these things up their sleeves, but we've had the final guest announcements. Mm-hmm. So we have, and I'm just scrolling down my list here, we have Bobby Clark, who was the Gorn captain. He goes everywhere. Yeah, he's he's an easy guy to drag out. I mean, to be honest, it could be any bloke, couldn't it? Because he was in a rubber suit anyway. But they they always drag him out. Well, that's the thing. I suppose it's uh, a bit of uh, a bit of uh, well, it's great for him. It gets him a free holiday. Yeah, and uh, for us, it gets us to uh, like help the aged. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's a winner. Um, we've got, uh, I mean, this wasn't too much of a secret since he'd already sort of said months ago that he wouldn't miss it. But of course, we do have Michael Dawn attending. I'm which so is, which, happy with that. Which is nice. I knew you'd be really happy about yeah. that. Uh, we have Andrew Robinson, which, which I'm just you ecstatic uh, about. Very happy about that. Already got my photo shoot with him. Love Garrick. So he, he, he isn't in makeup, which is a shame. I would have loved to have had my uh, photo taken with. Uh, with him in makeup, but yeah, but uh, yeah. to be honest, he's probably uh, at that point where he's thought, you know what, I've done seven years of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing that again. Yeah, still, still happy to have my photo taken with him. Absolutely. Oh yeah, I absolutely love him. That's great. And we have Cyric Lofton, so Jake Sisko. I that now that is uh, someone that I really do want to talk to. Yeah. I think he's going to be really interesting guy, and uh, I think Jake is very underrated. Mm. I, I enjoyed him for the most part. He was a little bit irritating early on, but he was a little kid, so it's, is, dif- it's difficult yeah. to write for little kids, isn't it? Yeah, no, you can't uh, blame Sir Clofton for that no, because no. Uh, 
That's the way he was. He was better than Wesley was when Wesley was really young. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, it is difficult to write for kids. I know that. No, that's a good one. Uh, we have Daniel Stewart, who of course played uh, Bataille, or oh, the second Bataille, so Picard's son in the Inner Light, which is of course uh, Patrick Stewart's son in real life. Mm-hmm. Now that's interesting. I haven't seen uh, or heard that he's attended many cons. I've seen a interview. I think it was on YouTube where he was there with Patrick Stewart. Uh, he looks nothing like he is now. He's bald as a coot like his dad now. Um, but that'd be quite interesting yeah, to uh, to have him there. Uh, we have uh, Mariana Hill, who played oh somebody in the original series, and I can't remember the name of the character. A doctor in one episode of the original series. Helen Noel. Yes, that's it. Helen Noel. Yeah. Um, and we have Carolyn Seymour. Now this is really good. So she obviously played uh, the Romulan commander in Face of the Enemy. She also played a Romulan in Contagion, and she played Marista Yale in the TNG episode First Contact, and she also played the sort of governess in of she did, the right? Voyager holodeck program. Yeah, no, I uh, I hadn't put the uh, clicks that she was also in um, the First Contact episode. Mm. Yeah, she's Marista Yale, great actress. Great British actress. So, uh, yeah, that's really nice that she'll be there. I really, really enjoyed her performances. Uh, we have Sean Kenny, who played Commander Pike. Uh, sorry, Commander Pike. Um, Captain Pike in The Menagerie, so from TOS. That one, I have... Uh, yeah, it's a bit like the Gorn guy. It's like, yeah, right, yeah, OK. Because uh, the Pike that was in the, uh, like the remote control... Yeah, the little uh, sort of electric wheelchair thing, yeah. Yeah, the box. That really could have been any mannequin. Yeah, exactly. But there you go, he's there anyway. Uh, we've got Trisha O'Neill, who played Captain Garrett in Yesterday's Enterprise. Mm-hmm. It's quite nice, in one episode, okay. Again, probably a fairly cheap guest. But we do have David Warner, who played Chancellor Gorkon in The Undiscovered Country, and of course played Gol Madred in Chain of Command as well. No, great actor. Uh, mm-hmm. He's been in quite. He's been in quite a lot of Star Trek. He also played, actually, in Star Trek Five. He also played the human ambassador. Yeah, funny how they haven't pimped that one. No, they've got him as Gorkon. <laughs> I do remember when we reviewed Star Trek Five, and it was like that was one of the few things I could say. Oh, it was nice to see David Warner because he's a good actor. Um, so th- no, that's a nice one. He's, he's been in lots of different, in lots of different movies, and in, in quite a lot of Trek as well. So uh, yeah, that's quite a good one. So we've got. Uh, and now I now count 39 guests. That's a pretty healthy guest list. Yeah, 39. So I, I think they need at least one more to round it off to make it a nice even 40. That's, odd numbers are so horrible. Yeah. So who would be your number 40 if you could pick anyone? <sighs> if you could pick anybody... Um, regardless of whether they're actually busy or not. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, this is a fantasy guest. Okay. Um, for me personally, I think I think it would. 
I might choose Colmini. Okay, that's a good choice. Because yeah, I, I'd like to meet him actually. Because I, I, I liked O'Brien. Yeah, I think O'Brien's a fantastic character. That he's the second person that's been in the most Star Trek episodes ever, mm. just under Michael Dawn. And I think it, I just think that he's he's also done some fantastic work outside of Trek. Mm. He's, yeah, not, he's been a, he's been in quite a lot, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, I I'd say Colm Weenie. Okay. Yeah. I'd probably I'd probably go for uh, Bob Picardo. Totally understandable. Totally I'm understandable. I'm really disappointed he's not going to be there. I would love to have my photo taken with Bob Carter. I think mm-hmm. he's great. I think he's absolutely great. Oh, he real, is. Real shame he won't be there, but there you go. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. There's all. To be honest, with the rate that the tickets have been selling, uh, it's it's just a question of getting this one under their hat. Then I have no doubt there'll be a second one. Oh yeah, I'm sure it'll become a, a yearly event. I certainly hope so. I've got yeah. my uniform now. I need to. <laughs> I need to wear it again. <laughs> That's the thing. Any excuse. Yes, absolutely. So, whilst the news for other uh, places have been slightly, uh, slightly dead, uh, other than Star Trek London, which is gearing up uh, at the moment, uh, there has been plenty going on behind the scenes here. Always is. And fitting with the Star Trek London news, our new website for uh, where we're going to be posting all of our latest Star Trek London news uh, is now live. Yes, so you can head on over to stl.trekmatefamily.com. Or if you, um, if you if you think, oh, Christ, that's a bit complicated, we have another site that is live as well with... Yeah. Uh, the main hub site, which is trekmatefamily.com. And there you'll be able to get instant access to whichever part of the uh, Trekmate world uh, that you want. Yeah, yeah, so that links to the forum, to the current website, and is also linking to our Star Trek London coverage. Yes, and it's really just uh, uh, absolutely uh been beautifully done by uh, Paul Finch. He's an yes. absolute miracle worker. Yeah, he's done a great job on that. He looks really, really nice. Yeah, can't thank him enough because he he does work. Him and Adam uh, and yourself do work so hard to to get the uh, the websites and technical sides of everything done uh, like as well and as quickly as you do. So yeah, no, it's absolutely fantastic. So uh, now that TrekMateFamily.com is up and running, there will be uh, some changes going on with the uh, email addresses. Yes, there will. There will. So um, each show, uh, coming up in the next few weeks, uh, each show will have its own at TrekMateFamily.com email address set up. Um, Of course, the existing email addresses will still work, but we will be encouraging people to use any new email addresses and each of our hosts of which we have many now uh, will each have our individual uh, at trekmatefamily.com email addresses as well should you wish to uh, get in contact with us that way yeah exactly that, that way if you, if there's anything in particular that you wanted to say to one particular host then uh, you can just uh, jump on 
uh, well, you'll be able to pretty much figure out what their email address is just by their name. But if not, then if you just went to the crew bio page, yeah, that'll uh, be there very shortly. Yes, then it'll be updated on there soon. So you'll be able to uh, get that. And I, I just think it gives the whole uh, outfit a, a nice uniformed, a nice uh, polish to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so uh, make sure that you um, do that. Also, we need to uh, welcome a couple of new family members uh, to the to the team, as uh, I have been starting a search to build up uh, a writing team for the website. Uh, because we, everyone like knows we have our features section, and yes, I want I, I want to try and make that uh, more prominent and um, actually get. A, Plenty more activity going on the uh, actual site as well. So there's uh, plenty of track for you to not only listen to, but to read as well. Listen, to, uh, read some insights and uh, just enjoy a, a well written article. Yes. So um, we uh, obviously, up until this date, it's only been uh, the hosts of shows uh, writing. Uh, though we do have two brand new uh, family members in Gail Gerard and uh, Rene uh, Roberts. Fantastic. So it's absolutely uh, fantastic to have them on the team. And uh, Gail has already given me a, uh, a brilliant piece to put up on the site. So uh, that will actually be getting published very shortly. And that is uh, all about her favourite subject, which is uh, data. Yes. She's a big data fan, isn't she? She is a big data fan. So she's, and I asked her to do it very analytically, trying to take into account both sides of the coin. Mm. So, so to keep both you and myself happy. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I look forward to reading that then. Yes, definitely. So, so head on over to the site, make sure that you visit the features section and, uh, it, it just enjoys some uh, brilliant uh, track writing. Yeah, that would be fantastic. We do have another little thing, which we can only... I wouldn't say it's a little thing. Well, it's... Well, no, it's not a little thing. It's a big thing, but we can't say anything more than a little thing at the moment. Head on yes. over to the website on Thursday and check out the news section. We've got yes. some exciting news to announce, but we can't do it until Thursday. No. Check the website on Thursday. We will tweet about it, um, and it will be around in the Trek world, shall I say? Yeah, around yeah. in the Trek world on Thursday, but we can't say anything till Thursday. Yeah, that's uh, we. Uh, that's the thing. We don't want to be the ones to break this news. No. So uh, we we will re- report it at the appropriate time. Yes, uh, but when it it's is broken elsewhere. And we will discuss it next week. But it is absolutely fantastic news for the family yeah. and for all involving parties. And uh, we, we're really excited about it. So make sure that you stop by the site. But you might bump into the news elsewhere. You might do. It depends on your habits, should we yeah. say. It, it, it depends what sort of... Uh, uh, what sort of listener you are so yeah let's uh, let's leave it at that because unfortunately there's no way of uh, teasing it without spoiling it no there isn't uh, but just 
I'm going to the website on Thursday, or we, we, we will tweet about it before then. So Rest yeah. assured, have a look. we're very excited and very happy. Yes, we are. Uh, about it as well. So, uh, But we will discuss that next week. So, ooh, finishing on a little bit of mystery yes, there. Yes, we are international men of mystery. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, I guess now, after the little bit of news, it's time for this. Enterprise, Lieutenant Uhura here. Yes, hailing frequencies are open, and it's time for our email section again. Now, we've had a lot of little messages um, regarding the Podathon, but there is one particular email that I'd like to read out, and that is from uh, James Roberts. Mm-hmm. And he says, hello to everyone at Trekmate. I just wanted to send over a quick email following yesterday's Podathon. I've been a long-time listener to Trekmate, but find it very difficult to find time to email in. I think it's a cross between having four small kids and a job, and that keeps me out of the house for 60 hours a week. Yeah, we know what that's like. Yeah. Uh, I've been promising myself that next season I'll start sending in answers to name that check, but it never happens. So apologies for the lack of communication. In any case, I'd like for you guys to know that you have given me many, many hours of wonderful entertainment and have deepened my love for Star Trek. You, do, you guys are doing a great job. Please remember, just because we are quiet, it doesn't mean that we are not appreciating all of your effort. Well, thank you. That's um, yeah, that does mean a lot. I know not everyone. Uh, you know, feels the need or, or actually wants to email in. And like I've said before, I, I've listened to a lot of podcasts for years and I've never actually emailed them. It doesn't mean I don't appreciate the work that they do. So, so thank no, you, James. Exactly. And that's the same with me because, to be honest, a lot of the times when I'm listening to pods, unless you're actively sitting down writing at the time, uh, it's very easy to listen to a whole pod and then forget yeah, and what move you on wanted to say. To yeah. So I hold nothing against anyone that doesn't no, no, no. doesn't do that we appreciate that you uh, take the time to uh, to listen to listen to us yeah, yeah. so yeah excellent so james continues i was heartbroken to hear uh, wayne's story with the skaboo i can only imagine how hard a time this must have been for you and your wife when i heard that you guys were doing a charity podathon i felt this was the right time to get in touch and help out in any way i can which i'm afraid given my other commitments only means sending money Hey, we wanted your money and you sent it, so thank you very much. You answered the call. Yeah, absolutely. I take my hat off to you guys that managed to pull off such an event and uh, to all of the talented contributors. I didn't manage to listen for the whole day. Well, that's that's shocking, James. Yes, to be honest, um, now we're disappointed. Yeah, we are. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it becoming available soon. Well, it is actually, it did actually launch uh on the was it on the Monday we released think, that? yeah you got it the day after yeah, I did it the, yeah that was me wasn't it yeah I did that oh I must be crazy yeah I, uh, yeah it was already the next day so uh, yeah by this time James you probably listened to all uh, some highlights that I caught include the music of Star Trek yeah that was fantastic Imply yeah. Star Trek yeah equally great and of course picking up some DSTL tickets so yes of course James was one of the lucky people who uh, was uh, bid for the Star Trek London silver tickets. Yeah, it was him and Nicole that uh, yes. managed to bag uh, themselves the silver tickets for that. So, nice one, well done. And he continues, I'm astonished how quickly the Trekmate family has grown and the Podathon showed us what a great family it is. Yeah, I think we're a little bit surprised at how quickly it's grown as well sometimes. It is. Still amazes me sometimes. 
that's the thing. It's uh, when you think back to it, it's not even not even been a year, not even uh, coming up to ten months. Yeah. So it is grown. Uh, it it's almost like a it, it's almost like crabs. It's just <laughs> spread spread so quickly. <laughs> you might want to you might want to think of a slightly different analogy there. <laughs> <laughs> the James continues, I really enjoy all your shows. Please keep them coming. I have to admit that Desert Island Trek has me hooked at the moment. I think I've just about worked out the five shows to take. Please let Cena, Jacqueline and Matt know that I'm really loving the show. Well, I'm sure they'll listen to this and uh, I'm really sure they'll uh, they'll appreciate that. A big yeah. hello to the previously gang too. I'd love to have a special shout out to JD and Fez. They are pure gold and make me laugh a lot. Bat Laren, racist Riker. Great work, guys. Anyway, I need to be heading off now. I look forward to popping by at Star Trek London. Wayne, I hope all goes well with the pregnancy and the baby. And once again, well done for such a great charity event. Same again next year? And the answer is... Yeah, why not? Yeah, very probably yes. (laughs) We've already talked about it, and very probably yes, we will do that again. Yeah. expect it to be more awesome. Yeah, that's the thing. Things can only get better. The the bar has been set. Yeah, we've set the bar, and now we've got to jump over it and, and maze it again. So, yeah, very probably there will be a similar, not an identical event, of course, because we, we don't like to rest on our laurels here, but there will be a similar event next year. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing. I even got contacted by another podcast uh, asking, uh, like, just for the, uh, like, blessings, really, to take the podathon idea and uh, use it for themselves. Yeah. So uh, now that there are other parties out there on the same uh, wavelength uh, that we are, it just means that we've got to work harder. Yeah. And anyway, we're the original. Yeah, we certainly are. <laughs> so, but no, thank you so much because that really does uh, uh, mean a lot to know that you've like gone with the family as well and uh, listened along to all the mm. all of the yeah, really that they've been. Yeah. Uh, been released, so no, absolutely uh, fantastic. So but yes, James, do do pop along and see us at Star Trek London. You'll of course find us in the bloggers' lounge in the fan zone. Mm-hmm. You will indeed. You will indeed. And um, yeah, and that goes for any listener that's uh, oh, yes, out there. Yes, by all means, just uh, stop by. If if you've clicked on the website, you know what we look like. Don't be afraid to just come up and say hi. Because uh, it, we appreciate uh, any anything that you've got to say. Yeah, just pop along, say hello, hello Mark, hello Wayne. I'm a listener. Thanks a lot. Or hello Mark, I don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> Your show's crap. Uh, whatever, that's fine. Just come along and say hello. We don't or, like. That's the thing. Or just come over with a big girly hissy fit and start hitting my chest, telling me that data is sentient. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll accept well, any that, feedback. That'll be me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh dear. And then uh, he'll be like, "Don't worry, because uh, it, it's all fine. Data's not sentient, and cues are God." <laughs> yeah. Uh, but still, uh, make sure that you head on over and uh, visit us there. Uh, we'll be just outside the Federation zone. Yeah. So after you, we're not going to be hard to spot. Don't worry. 
Yeah, no, exactly. And um, one bit of uh, our news that we've got to touch on as well is uh, listening to the feed. Uh, if, if you uh, check your feed uh, regularly this week, uh, we will have uh, a couple of extra pods going up. Yes, indeed, we will. Yeah, we will. So uh, check the feed early on in the week for a follow-up interview with Jillab DeGrove as uh, we'll be uh, talking about Star Trek London, getting ready for the event and uh, just uh, getting excited and geeking out, I imagine. Yeah, really but, looking forward to that. Yeah, same here. And then also uh, next Saturday, uh, which is going to be the regular release date, uh, you'll be able to pick up uh, Episode Zero. Or, well, we the we're not calling it episodes. We're calling them issues. Okay. And as we uh, as we concentrate on uh, Star Trek comics, we felt that it would be fitting to call them issues. So uh, issue zero of uh, the holodeck. Cool. Uh, with uh, myself and Michael Clark. Excellent. So uh, if you're a Star Trek comic fan or just interested, want to hear uh, some thoughts and some feedback without actually uh, spending the time reading. Uh, and also we will every so often be touching on the uh, Star Trek games and other uh, sort of fan uh, fan uh, things like that. But uh, our main concentration will be the comics. So, uh, yeah, stop on by. There's going to be uh, the seventh uh, day is now covered. <laughs> yes, quite. That Saturday has been so lonely for so long. It has, but it's finally been filled up, hasn't it? It has, it has indeed. So, uh, along with uh, myself and Michael Clark, uh, we'll, we'll keep you company. Okay. Oh, just a reminder as well: Supplemental will return on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I've had a, we, we've had a break, and Supplemental will return. Although it's not going to be an episode review this week. This is going to be something a little special, something a little different from uh, myself and Paul Finch. So. Look out for that on Wednesday. It's going to be an interesting one. Really, really looking forward to this. Wayne, you don't know what we're doing. You've got no idea. No, I'm really intrigued. No, it's going to be... I'm really looking forward to doing this. We're recording this on Monday. Um, It's going to be really interesting, I think, so I'm really looking forward to it. To be honest, I just really... uh, I'm just intrigued to see what exactly uh, you've got in store for it. Because with Paul Finch, (laughs) I... I'm just expecting Pez dispensers. I'm expecting Klingon porn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are, so. you sh- are you sure you it will be entertaining? It's something that Paul and I are both into. In that case, it could be very precarious. <laughs> You'll have to wait till Wednesday to find out. <laughs> Excellent. I look forward to it. <laughs> so uh, now. It's time to move on to our uh, topic slash guest of the week. And now, the guest of the week. The guest of the week. The guest of the week. Yes, and it's time. Uh, It's been a little while since we've had a guest of the week, but this week we do have a very special guest, very special to me at least. And uh, that is my wife, Kirsty. Hello, Hello. Kirsty. Hi. Hello. Thank you for joining us. And uh, this week, you're going to uh, join us to talk about 
our topic, which is Seven of Nine. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a long time coming to get you on the uh, pod. I know Mark's been trying behind the scenes for quite a while. Yeah, yeah I, I, ha- I have been trying, and I've tried to get you on for a couple of episode reviews, and you were you were a little bit unsure, weren't you? And you said, yes, I'm going to come on, and then you bottled out, but I sort of I managed, to, I'm, I managed to corner you this week, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's all to the girls, isn't it? Go power. Yes, a good absolutely. subject. Yes, definitely. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit? I, I, I obviously all uh, know all of this, Kirsty, but the listeners don't. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your Trek background? Okay, wow. Well, um, it, it all started with a kiss, shall I say. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I mean, I, I never watched Star Trek. Um, I suppose occasionally when it was on Channel 2 years and years ago when I was a little girl, I would flick it over and see, um, obviously, uh, William Shatner and the original series, but never, never watched it. Um, and then met Mark. And then was it about five months after we we met, we went and um, and visited your mum. Yeah. And then yeah. you took we me went to, yeah, we out went to for a date. Yes. And our date was going to the cinema to watch First Contact. <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was. It was. It was me, and there was. Uh, yeah, Steve, Steve, Barry, and John. Yeah, so there was, there was like four. Uh, yeah, you went to the cinema with four blokes to to go and see a Star Trek movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you, you you had seen a few episodes before that, though, hadn't you? Because we, oh, we were watching oh, I it. I think so. Um, yeah. I think so. Was that the Next Generation, perhaps? Uh, I can't remember now. No. Probably. But probably. um, but yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I came out there buzzing. I thought it was wicked. Yeah, um, it's a great film to start with. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. My favourite movie. Um, and um, then the kind of the rest is history, shall I say? Um, Mark's introduced me to all of the um, series now. I certainly haven't watched them all the way through like he has, but um, I, w- I wouldn't say that I would, if I was here on my own, I would choose to put it on. Um, but um, Whenever it is on, I am fixated, and and I you do, en- you do enjoy it when it's enjoy on. It. You, would, you probably wouldn't go out of your way, but when when we put it on, and sometimes you do say to me as well, don't you? Oh, should we put a Star Trek on? I'm like, yeah, okay then. Yeah, that's right, only quick. that's only because I feel guilty because you've been watching The Only Way Is Essex or um, X Factor. <laughs> I think. I've, well, I any, I feel any it's excuse. Only fair. <laughs> any <Yeah>. excuse. <laughs> but, but when you put it on, you do enjoy it, though, don't you? I really do. Yes. You, you're a little bit of a closet trekkie I think <laughs> yeah, I am and uh, a little worried sometimes some of the things that I come out with um, at work like silly things like engage or um, beam me up you know the stupid um, kind of remarks that lots of people use and then I, I kind of look at myself and think oh my god I'm just turning into my husband <laughs> it does get me quite concerned excellent that's the, that's the thing. You're obviously a bigger trekkie than you let on because at um, no point in the day do I tell anyone to make it so. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I think I surprised myself actually on just how much I I do know. Yeah. Um, you just you've just picked it up, haven't you? O- yeah. Over, over the years, over the sort of oh, really uh, sixteen years we've been together. So yeah, you've picked yeah. you've picked it up, haven't you? Yes. Yes. I have. Excellent. So. Deep into deep into the assimilation process. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Yes. So, so what's your favourite series then, Kirsty? Tell everyone what your 
Well, um, I always thought I I I I tend to like the one that I'm watching, <laughs> but um, I always um, I always thought that it was um, Deep Space Nine. Um, and it's not necessarily because of the captain, because he's not my favourite captain. But um, I kind of see Deep Space Nine a bit of kind of an EastEnders. It's a soap opera, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously, the char- there are some very strong characters in there. Um, so I do, I do enjoy that. But then equally today, we've been watching Voyager. And then it reminds me of just how much I, I like Voyager. So... Um, if I if I really had to pick one, I I suppose it would be Deep Space Nine, very close second to Voyager, I suppose. I've always felt that Deep Space Nine was probably one of the uh, first that you should introduce new Trekkies, especially of the female variety, mm-hmm. to the series, just because the serialisation sort of the, the continuing story arcs yes. seem to engage people a lot more than the episodic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Sort of it, it was more, it was a lot more of a soap opera in many respects, wasn't it? But which is, um, which isn't a bad thing, um, by any means, because I love Deep Space Nine. I think it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, I go with that. And favourite captain? Oh, I knew he was going to ask me that. Um, I think it's Janeway. Um, um, although I like uh, Picard. Um, I know that's every, Mark's, uh, Mark's favourite. Everyone loves Picard. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I think, you know, like I said before, power to the girls. Um, and, yeah, I enjoy watching Captain Janeway. Yeah. No, no, don't worry. I'm on your side. I there. know. I, she's your favourite, isn't she? Yeah, she is. She is. <laughs> don't worry. I think Picard is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. But I, th- I think he's a bit of your uh, vanilla answer. Yes, probably so. He's the safe bet, isn't he? Yeah, he, he's everyone's every, every, favourite. Every, everyone loves Picard. Yeah. Yeah. So, though you don't get many Shatner fans. <laughs> we were just talking about this this evening. I can't stand him. Um, that I suppose that's why, because Mark's often said, "Well, let's put the original series on." I'm like, "Oh no, I really, I, I really don't want to watch it." Um, and I think it's mainly because of him. He just, I don't know. He just, he just. Kind of puts me off. <laughs> Why don't you like Kirk? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I, th- I, th- I think he, do, I think he, do, he does put a lot of people off, though, doesn't he? I said, I said to Mark, God, if I sh- should I not say that? Am I going to completely go get, go get like a hate hate mail sent to me because I've said that I don't like William Shatner? Well, but Mark said that actually there there aren't, you know, well, obviously there are hundreds of fans, but. Overall, the... overall, he's probably one of the least popular. That's the thing. It, it's, it's a strange change in uh, fandom that that's happened because obviously back in the day people would argue to they were like blue in the face yeah. that Kirk yeah. was better than Picard. Yeah. yeah, that was the whole thing when the Next Generation came out, wasn't it? And it was like it, it was definitely Kirk versus Picard, and now Kirk is just very much relegated to the sidelines. Yeah. I mean, he, he was. So it's all Janeway versus Picard versus Cisco versus Archer. Yes, but I mean, he, you know, in 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 the early days when he was young, um, he was a, a good-looking man. Um, so I suppose to to look at, he was good, but I wouldn't say his acting skills were were all that great. 
That's the thing. But no. what, what no. you find as well is... Um, Always writing can... Star Trek V. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that was appalling. But it's... Uh, my my, fa- my wife does not like Star Trek whatsoever, but she uh, does. Uh, she doesn't mind watching O Nine just because of Chris Pine. Yes, the new Kirk. Oh, oh yes, yes, he is a bit of eye candy. I yeah, he's say. a bit pretty. Yeah, he is pretty. <laughs> so and and he's a half decent actor. So yeah, he was very good in that movie. Yeah. Uh, is it, it was the movie he was in, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, that was a brilliant film. Because we, we, we watched it, um. Oh, about. Not that long ago, didn't we? Oh, about, about three weeks ago, three, four yeah. weeks ago, something like that, yeah. And I forgot, I forgot how, how good a movie that was. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I think we only reviewed that a few weeks ago as well so yeah 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 oh, I, we watched it literally the weekend before we did that supplemental review mm-hmm. yeah no so it, it is very good very good uh, movie and I'm looking forward to the next one will you be going to the cinema to watch the next one Kirsty? oh yeah without a doubt definitely, definitely. excellent just need to get some babysitters sorted out but you know yeah. definitely we will do that so so your wife Will she will she not sit and watch series with you? Or if it's if it's on, it'll be okay. I'm gonna do the ironing. Okay, yeah. <laughs> she'll she'll find something else to do while it's on. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's it's it's just one of them things. Uh, yeah. Just you either like or you don't. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So like Marmite, isn't it? I suppose. Though luckily, I've come to. Uh, really like her viewing habits, so it's not as if I can't sit there and watch stuff with her. But yeah. saying that, with the baby at the moment, neither of us are getting a lot of time to watch anything other than in the night garden. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes, we've been there. Oh, we've been there. <laughs> Door with the Explorer and, and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Right, that's the thing. CBBS is a staple in our house. Yeah, been there. <laughs> it used to be, yeah, yeah, it used to be here. Very much so. Oh dear. So, uh, and this week's topic that we've uh, got for you, Kirsty, is uh, obviously to discuss Seven of Nine. Yes. So, uh, where should we start, Mark? Well, right. sh- should we should we just get it out of the way first? We did talk about this. Should we just get yeah. this out of the way? Uh, yeah, I th- I think that uh, we to be totally fair to Jerry Ryan and Seven of Nine, we need to get it out of the way. That she is a stunner, lads. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry Ryan is a gorgeous woman. She yeah. is, yes. She's yes. very attractive. Yeah. Okay. She now, has an amazing figure as well, doesn't she? She certainly does. She works out a lot. By really? The, by the looks of it. To keep um, that figure, you've got to. Well, I was wondering if, if what she's got underneath that uniform is a bit of span. Is it spantex? You know, the old yeah, sucky yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I don't um, think it is. Well, no. I've, I've seen uh, like promotion shots that she's done in um, like semi, semi and se- stuff, in, yeah. in like semi-nude stuff. Now that's her. That's the way she looks. Oh really? Semi-nude yeah. stuff. She does. She even done she? one on um, Voyager, didn't she? Uh, I'm sure there was a scene where she was pretty much in the nude. Yeah, there was. Yeah. When was uh, when the Doctor was daydreaming about her? Yes. 
Yes, she did. No, that's that's the way she looks. That's not been sucked in, or that that's no smoke and mirrors, or no, uh, yeah, no sucky in underwear or anything. That's the way yeah. she really looks. I think her uniform's a little bit to be desired. I think they should uh, update her wardrobe a little bit. I don't think that's <laughs> well, they, yeah, well, they, they did start off with that sort of silver catsuit, didn't they? But they they abandoned that fairly quickly. To some brown nasty thing. Well, she had she had the brown one, and then she had the red one, and then she had a blue one. So, yeah, they got rid of that silver thing fairly quickly. The thing is that it was almost, it, that just calls back to um, like the Diana Troy sort yeah. of yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that brings us to the whole concept of why she was brought into the show, because obviously she was brought in pretty much when Kess left the show. Mm. Um, and Kess was... I don't know, we haven't really talked about Kess, have we, Wayne? Were you a fan? Not in detail. Um, Not in detail. Were you a fan of Kess? To be honest, I was... I wouldn't say I was her biggest fan, but I was not a hater in the slightest. I quite enjoyed her character. Mm. I thought it was interesting, the fact that, you know, it it was something very, very different in the fact that she only lived nine years. Um, The Ocampa were were very young-lived species, and that was something, obviously, we're used to humans living 150, Klingons around 200, Mm -hmm. Vulcans 250, and the fact that the Ocampa only lived nine years was was just something very unusual, but I just felt they didn't give her a, an awful lot to do, really. Yeah, they weren't she was quite sure. Yeah, they weren't sure what to do with her, and by the end of season three, they obviously decided to get rid of her, and they wanted to bring something a little bit sexy into the show, mm-hmm. and of course, that was Jerry Ryan. Mm. Yeah, exactly, and it was that's the thing, it's like, your dog lives longer than an O'Compan uh, <laughs> does. Yes. So, it's... Uh, it's just really interesting. Uh, with her, I I found the whole... Uh, the relationship that she had with Neelix was definitely... Uh, worked negatively on both of the characters, I feel. Especially, forcing them into that relationship. Yeah, in the, in the first season where he was yeah jealous, jealous older guy Neelix. Yes, yes, he was, wasn't he? He was really jealous and possessive, and yeah. But the thing was, I don't personally blame Neelix for that. I think it's just a question of neither of them really wanted to be in that relationship. It's in the sense of what? Well, obviously Neelix did in because he he was head over heels in love with her, mm. but she felt obliged to be in that relationship because he had saved her. Yes, from... he saved her life and, and rescued her from the Kazon and he brought her onto this nice... Oh, uh, right. I hadn't realised that. Yeah, that's very early on in Voyager. So he'd, he brought her onto on to Voyager and they'd had this, you know, this really nice life on Voyager. So she was probably did feel like she had some sort of obligation to him mm-hmm. to continue that relationship. But obviously that... When did that relationship end? Well, actually, we've started talking about Kess, not Seven of Nine, but never mind. Um, when did that relationship end? That was about uh, mid-season two. Yeah, so. that sounds about right, yeah. Yeah, no, it was about mid-season two, because then uh, she, that was after the whole Jealous Neelix thing had uh, already died by that point, because him and Tom had had their food fight. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, the spaghetti fight. Oh, I don't know if I've seen that one. Um, yeah, they have they have this really ridiculous uh, 
it is spaghetti, isn't it? They start throwing spaghetti. It was, yeah. They have a food fight in the in the mess hall. Yeah, it's it's all quite ridiculous. Um, but anyway, so by the end of season three, obviously Kess had probably she'd done everything she was going to do on the show, and they probably run out of ideas, and they wanted to bring a new character in. So um, rather than kill her off, which I thought was quite nice, it, it was nice that they didn't kill her off, and she'd actually evolved her mental powers, hadn't she? The Ocumpens had uh, telepathic powers, and she'd evolved those to the point where she she became a sort of energy being, didn't she, and left the ship. Yeah, she did. She and that, made, that obviously paved the way for uh, Seven of Nine to come in as, as a replacement. And the only thing with that, though, is I always felt that really... Uh, I couldn't see a reason why they had to get rid of her because uh, there was definitely enough room on the ship. Um, I, suppose I don't know that they, they, lines, is it? I suppose. Yeah, they they wanted to bring this new character in, and obviously Seven of Nine took over. I mean, a lot of people, and I've heard a lot of people say this about Voyager from season four onwards, became the the Seven and Janeway show. Um, and she does have an awful lot of storylines dedicated to her. But a lot of those Seven of Nine stories are, are fantastic. They're really good. We watched uh, a couple of episodes t- today, didn't we, Kirsty? Yeah. yeah. Uh, just to sort of refresh your memory on her. Um, and they're, they're fantastic stories. So I, I personally don't have a problem with them bringing Seven of Nine on and, and wrapping a lot of episodes around her because she was a very interesting character. Yeah, no, I don't have a problem with them bringing on her on board whatsoever. I just feel there wasn't necessarily a need to get rid of uh, Kess, though. But, uh, but apparently they were initially thinking of getting rid of Harry Kim. Uh, yes, they were. Yes, they were. But um, then Garrett Wong, he, he, he was in some sort of magazine or something, wasn't he? he as being the, uh, some style icon he was in time magazine or something like that and then after he was in that I thought oh well okay we better not get rid of him then because he seems quite popular mm. uh, for some reason and they decided to get rid of Kess yeah which was yeah. odd but there you go no, they did so, uh, so obviously um, Seven came on in the second part of Scorpion yeah great episode it was an amazing episode absolutely amazing and um, uh, she came on board initially as the uh, like the voice of the collective to interact with Voyager, as they uh, done their bargains for weapons to uh, destroy species eight four seven two. Yeah, oh, and yes, she, I remember that. You remember those? Remember species yeah. eight four seven two? Yeah. yeah, those really scary guys. Yeah, and she, and she she had very much a sort of almost a locutus type role, didn't she? Yeah, that's like, like the cutest did coming onto the ship. I, I will continue aboard this ship to speak for the Borg. So they sent an individual there to to interact with the Voyager crew, mm-hmm. but to speak for the collective, much as they did with Picard when they transformed him into uh, the cutest. Yeah, and what I um, enjoyed was when she, was watching her character progress as uh, once she was disconnected from the Borg. It, you had this initial period for however many episodes that she was just uh, like trying to uh, get back to the collective. Trying. Yeah, to... it was incredibly painful for you. Could see 
when, when they first, yeah, it was very difficult for her when they first disconnected her from the hive, and you could see the pain on her face. You know, yeah. I cannot deal with this. I cannot function as an individual. And for uh, probably at least three or four episodes, there were times where she did try and actually return to the Borg. But then it would um, be like that, though, wouldn't, wouldn't it? It's, well, yeah, exactly. It would be like some kind of drug, wouldn't it, that she's been so used to for so many years, mm. and then all of a sudden she can't hear the voices in her head anymore, and she's completely on her own. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because we watched uh, Raven, didn't we, just before we came on to record this? Yes. And she was, she was six years old when she was <laughs> by the collective. Yes. I mean, six years old, so she's known practically nothing. Um, she would have very, very few memories of, of being a child. Everything that she's known is, is being a Borg. Yeah. Which is, um, which is quite an amazing thing. This is something we talked about a little while ago when we talked about people being retrieved from the collective, and very much so. I mean, Picard was turned into a Borg, and we would have had other people who were, uh, became part of the collective as well, but they, they were retrieved after a relatively short time, but... I'm guessing Seven was probably, what, around about 30 or so in the in the show, early 30s. So she would have been a Borg for well over 20 years. That's, so she yeah, would, that's what they said, it was 20 years. Yeah, so she would have had no other memory at all. So to, to go from from that to becoming a human would, it would literally be an alien experience for her. She would have absolutely no idea how to function as an individual at all. No, exactly, because with the with Lacutus, uh, because obviously Picard was the only one other than Seven that had been disconnected from the Borg, mm. um, but with him he had had his life experiences, yeah. where with Seven she was only a little girl, yeah. and how like not a lot of people remember everything about like their lives before they were six. No. I mean I I I've I mean personally I've got I've got some memories before that age, but they're literally you know, little the odd little thing here and there. And most you know, of that's from photos that you see. It's not yes. some of it's not always real memories. They're not, they're not it's, real memories, they're from photos you've seen over the years and you think you remember it but you don't really remember it. You've just seen the photos and your mind plays a little trick on you and, and tells you that you do remember it. So yeah. that's absolutely right. She's probably got no real recollection of, of being anything other than a bull. Yeah. Other than the raven. <laughs> yes. Exactly. So it's going to be uh, obviously a huge transitional process. And you, you did see Seven because she, she had to... Uh, it almost became a slight data character in the sense of trying to attain humanity mm. yes but she was well, she obviously with data he 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 wanted it wholeheartedly didn't he but yes. um obviously seven she is not something that she would have kind of chosen no no that's absolutely right she was quite reluctant wasn't she yeah she much preferred being you know this is efficient eating food is inefficient yeah. the borg do not sit down as, as, as we saw today, and we watched the episode uh, Body and Soul this afternoon, Wayne. You remember that one? Uh, remind me what it That's was. where the uh, alien race comes along and they're um, 
hunting photonic life forms, so they hide the Doctor in Seven's implants. Yes. And he's eating all of the food and everything, and he has this massive cheesecake, and he's <laughs> drinking alcohol, and she feels so sick. He inhabits her body, and he's able to experience eating and smelling and all of these things. It's, it's a really, really good episode. Oh, she episode. played that part amazingly well. It was so good, wasn't oh, it? it? was. It really was enjoyable. She really mimicked the, the Doctor um, fantastically well. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, big time because she it, she really portrayed uh, Robert Picardo's portrayal of the Doctor. Yeah. Fantastically. Yeah, all the facial expressions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Facial expressions, the eyebrows. Um, yeah, it, it it was very very good. And it's just a it's just a fun episode that one. I, I do really, really like that one. So uh, I did actually send out a tweet earlier today, and I said, "Right, everyone, I want your three top seven of nine episodes." Um, and I got I got quite a number of replies actually. So we managed to watch two today, okay. um, just just to brush up. So uh, yeah, Body and Soul was a popular one. Um, Someone to watch over me was another one because mm-hmm. uh, that's a great Doctor episode. But we didn't actually watch that one. I thought it would be better if we watched Raven as well because it's a little bit of her early backstory. And then um, Body and Soul's a nice episode between her and the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Well, as you said, Someone to Watch Over Me. It's one of my favourite uh, episodes. Uh, but it, it that is more about the Doctor's... Relationship. Uh, exactly. Yeah. The, the un, uh, what is it? Unrelen- unrequited uh, love. Unrequited yes. love. <laughs> Luckily, one of us is articulate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Doctor t- does tend to fall in love quite quickly with uh, a few people that he meets along the way. He, he, yeah, he does have a few relationships, doesn't he? Yeah. He certainly does better than Harry Kim. <laughs> <laughs> Every, uh, yeah, everyone does better than Harry Kim. But he is one person, as, as I said to Kirsty earlier, he's one person I'm gutted he's not going to be at Star Trek London. Although, mm-hmm. although, they may still yet pull a surprise oh, out still, of the bag. Yeah, still They've time. said... They've said, no, that's it, final guests. They may well pull something out of the bag, so I'm really, really hoping that they'll pull Bob Picard out of the bag because I would love to meet him. It's fantastic. If, if not, there's next year. There is always next year. I'm What's sure there will be an, another Star Trek London, we hope. No, they wouldn't do it so close together, would they? they I think it they would do be it every. They do it every year at Vegas. There's a big Star Trek convention in Vegas uh, yeah. It's obviously been very, very popular. What did, what, how many did you say? Sorry, we're going off track now, aren't we? Oh, uh, that's all right. We expect <laughs> always digress. Um, <laughs> yeah, fifteen thousand tickets they've sold. Yeah, just over. Yeah. Just over fifteen thousand tickets, and they have said on Twitter as well, if you're going to come for one day, uh, you might want to make it the Sunday because Saturday is going to be very busy. Yeah. And obviously, a lot of people are turning up on the Saturday, so. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm almost certain it's going to be a really big success. I'm sure they've made a load of money. They sold all of those uh, VIP tickets at three grand a piece. So have they? How many of those were there? Twenty. Twenty. Wow. Wow. So twenty. Lots of money out there. There were some Trek fans with some money, so twenty <laughs> people have paid three thousand pounds each for the VIP tickets. That's phenomenal. So that's sixty grand there. As a, a, you know, for a start. So I mean, it's obviously expensive to put something like that together, but I'm sure it will be commercially a big success. So that'll mean there will be another event next year. But they would have to pay all the stars as well, wouldn't they? I assume. Yeah. Oh yeah, they, they don't come free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People like uh, William Shatner and and Patrick Stewart. 
God, yeah. can you imagine how much they would, they they need would to pay. have to pay for him? I mean, there was some of the minor people, like the guy who plays the, the Gorn from the original series, he shows up everywhere. You, know, you can probably get him for like 50p in a bag of Harry Bow. Um, <laughs> because you've never actually seen him except inside a, a, a Gorn suit. So he always shows up, he's a cheap guest. But I mean, to get all five captains there, at the time when they announced this, that was unique. Mm-hmm. They'd never, the five captains had never shown up to an event. But then I think there was an event earlier in the year, Wayne. In the States. In, in the States or Canada, uh, where they managed to get all five captains together. But when it was announced, the five captains had never been in one event at, at, at any one time. So. Oh, it's very exciting, isn't it? It's yeah. A, yes. <laughs> no, that's it. It was, it was someone wanting to uh, steal their... Uh, bubble because it it was um, they had the other four captains but then decided uh, that they were going to pay out of the nose to get Patrick Stewart yeah to come along yeah <laughs> so yeah they paid an absolute fortune for that didn't they oh well, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah. anyway so Sorry. yeah Bob Bob no 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 that's absolutely fine so Bob Picardo yeah obviously I mean that leads us probably quite nicely onto uh, Seven's relationship with the Doctor mm-hmm so, I mean, she, she'd had a good relationship. I mean, her two main relationships on the ship, I would have said, she had a very close relationship with Janeway. Janeway yeah. took took her on as very much as a a little personal project. To yeah, a little and, experiment. Yeah, absolutely. A little, something a little, to prove, I think. She, she had something to prove, I think. I think, I think Janeway wanted to prove that she could uh, restore seven... Yeah. Uh, humanity back, didn't she? You wouldn't have said it was more of a mother-daughter sort of... Well, I, I was going to say way. that, but I don't know. I think, I, I think personally, it was... Well, I, you know, you get lonely, I suppose, don't you? So potentially um, it could be that. But I do think that, um, obviously, you know, being a woman, she wants to prove, she wants to prove that actually she's very well capable of of turning a Borg back into human. I mean, mm. what an achievement. Mm. <laughs> you don't... Yeah. You J- don't... J- Janeway was a science officer, remember, as well. Yeah. Janeway, Janeway was a scientist. She wasn't always a command officer. Right. Um, and when you say about her being lonely, that's true, because she had been engaged. Um, Janeway did have a fiancé, and obviously she discovered... A little later on, I'm not sure at what point she discovered that Mark had actually moved on. Was it after Seven turned up? It probably was. It was. It was. It was until um, the doctor. It was a a little while after Message in a Bottle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It it ran the Pathfinder project. Yeah. With Reg. Yeah. And they discover obviously, but obviously, obviously they've been trapped in the in the Delta Quadrant for a number of years and. You know, um, Janeway had to face the fact that probably her fiancé had moved on, which of course he had, and she was yeah. probably a little bit lonely, and this was a little bit of a, a little bit of a challenge for her. So you don't think that maybe it was taking on that sort of project was maybe Janeway seeing it as a little bit of redemption to make herself feel a little bit better to change someone's life oh no after, no, no, no after no, I think, stranding I think probably, them out there possibly mm. possibly yeah and i mean I, you know janeway was a very very compassionate person mm-hmm. you know a very moral person um of all of the captains i would say she she would rival picard in terms of her morality 
she would definitely stand up for her own morals and do what she felt was the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, she would always be, you know, do do the human thing, and she would stand up for Seven. And you know, she she did strongly believe that she could be redeemed. And even when other members of the crew were saying, no, no, you know, we should just turn her back over to the Borg, she wouldn't yeah. give up on her. Yeah, so, she wasn't uh, too popular, uh, was she, Seven? Oh, no, definitely no. not. Especially with Balana. Yes. There was huge contention between them for quite some time. Just because... Uh, I don't, it, well, she, I suppose she was top dog, isn't I suppose, with the, in, with the, it's engineering, isn't it, Balana? Yes. Mm. Yes, oh, I surprised myself, you know. So. Um, you know, she's top dog down there, and then Seven comes along and does her magic with all the systems. And yeah, she's got you, a lot of knowledge there. So it? I suppose she felt perhaps, you know, she's having her feet trodden on a little bit and being shown up, I suppose. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. Yeah. I, I would certainly agree with that. And uh, I suppose... Like almost destroying the ship a couple of times, like when trying to get back Oops. to the collective, <laughs> wouldn't go down too well. No. So, but and that's the thing. Even though after she had uh, like stopped trying to get to the collective and had like settled for the life that she had, she still had a long way to go with regards to actually. Um, like uh, building the trust of the crew. Mm, definitely, but you know, as we were talking about, the person with whom she had probably the best relationship was the Doctor, mm-hmm. and their their relationship. I mean, there there were many episodes where the two of them are paired up together, and all of them are fantastic episodes. So we talked about Hope and um, sorry, not Hope and Fear, uh, Body and Soul, and Someone to Watch Over Me. Um, and I think the episode is called. Oh, is it called Night, where they're they're trapped together? I think uh, all, it is. all all of the crew go into stasis, and Seven of Nine is there, and the Doctor is there. Oh yes, I remember that one. And she's she's alone on the ship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely Wait. fantastic episodes where the, where the two play off against each other. And I think I think with the Doctor is is that you know everyone everyone kind of gets frustrated. Um, with her because you know she does come across as being a little rude and a little arrogant <laughs> a little bit yeah um whereas the doctor doctor wants to bring out the human side um and as obviously you know he he teaches her a lot of um on how to, to cope with her her feelings am i right yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so yeah and and, and and you know he is a very comical uh, and can be quite a comical um, character, um, and it's, she just doesn't get him. You know he's trying he's trying to make these jokes, or and she just looks at him with a blank face half the time. Yeah, the, the two they're, they're very much like the uh, you know the straight man and, and the and the comedian, aren't they? You know it's it's a wonderful relationship between yeah. the two of them. Absolutely love it. They are, but then also he's the one that very much. Uh, it's almost ironic that the holographic uh, Doctor is the one that tries to reconnect her with her humanity the most. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. They, they have a lot of very emotional scenes between the two, don't they? Yes. Yes. 
Yeah, they do. interested to hear your thoughts on that, Wayne. Well, you know where I'm going here. With regards to the relationship of Seven and the Doctor. Our our classic argument. And the uh, uselessness of... uh, Oh, what, with regards to sentience of the Doctor? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, okay. Kirsty, Wayne and I have this standing argument. I say say data is sentient. Wayne says he's not. Data is a toaster, according to Wayne. So I'd just be interested to hear your thoughts on the Doctor's relationship with Seven from that perspective, Wayne. The thing is, as a viewer, uh, you have to have a level of uh, uh, like forgiving certain things and uh, like like forgetting any disbelief. Uh, okay. So, so as a viewer, I take on board uh, the the Doctor's role as anyone should, but in real life, no, he's just a computer program mm. that uh, thinks that it feels a certain way. He's, so pretty pretty much he's just her on and off counsellor. Okay. <laughs> it, it's a hard one just because Bob Cardo is an he's absolutely fantastic, though, fantastic uh, actor, just as Brent Spiner is. They're both absolutely fantastic actors and portray their characters so well. But uh, yeah, no. If it rea- if it came down to the crunch in reality, uh, he would be nothing more than Windows 8. <laughs> <laughs> he's an iPad. Yeah, <laughs> he's an I- he's an iPad with a with a sarcastic version of Siri installed on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, unfortunately, unfortunately, so though, because let's face it, they are programmed by somebody. They are by Zimmerman, of course. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and they're programmed to learn from their experiences and forward their, like, uh, just forward their programs. So it's going to seem to any bystander that. They are intelligent. Picard should never have felt guilty about turning Moriarty off. Mm. <laughs> uh, we we only watched this a little while ago, didn't we? We, we watched did. that episode. Yes. Yes, we did. We did watch that just a couple of. That was just a few weeks ago, wasn't it? That yes. was the first Moriarty episode, I think. No, no, was it? Yes, it uh, was. Yeah, it was. It it was season two. It was Elementary Dear Data. Yeah. yeah, it was on, on right. TV a couple of weeks ago. We watched that. And I said there is a follow-up episode to that, which we, we, which we must watch. Oh, Ship in a Bottle, that's a great episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we must watch that. That's a really nice follow-up to that one. Does Moriarty come back then, does he? He does. Oh, OK. Great episode, though. Really, really good episode. Really enjoy that one. So we must watch that. Remind me and we'll watch that. Yeah, I, I won't spoil it for you. No, it's a great one. It really yeah. is good. Yeah, so that's, but saying that, it's it's one of them things. How do you feel about the Doctor then? Do you go along the same lines as Data? Um, I think that any sufficiently advanced system, he is a system, Data is, I'm not denying that Data is a machine, he is a mechanical device, Um, but as Picard says, 
that humans are machines, they're just biomechanical in nature. I think that when any sufficient that, that when any system becomes sufficiently advanced that it can achieve the same sorts of it becomes complex enough that it can achieve a self awareness and emotion in the same way that a human or a Klingon or a Vulcan you know, any what you would call a sentience race can. Just because something is artificial does not mean it's sentient if it is complicated enough. Okay, the computer is literally a device. It is a computer. It is not programmed with sentience. It is not that complicated. It's just a mass storage and retrieval and high computing system. When something such as data or the doctor is programmed with enough information and... Well, the thing, the thing is, data was programmed like that. The doctor was literally meant to be used for emergencies, but because he was left on for seven years, he was able to develop his own personality through his own experiences, and they did adapt his program here and there. I think he became sufficiently complicated enough that he did achieve sentience. In my mind, he did. Yeah, but Google can learn what. I prefer to search that's for. Not, so. That's not the same thing, Wayne, by a long way. <laughs> that is and, a and, and we are well, well in the future. So technology is so far more advanced than what we have yeah. nowadays. It, it, it only needs to become, if it's as complex as a human brain, it can achieve sentience. Okay, there's two points I picked up on it, on, there on Mark, and that was, uh, it was, because Picard had suggested it, it, it made sense. So, obviously, no, if he's, Picard he's had told no, you to jump no, off a cliff, it would no, be fine. No, no. What, I'm not saying that he suggested it. What I, no, he I said think, is right. I think Mark when would, some, actually. When something... <laughs> I, when I think if he is right, ask him to jump, humans jump. are... Animals are machines. They're just biomechanical in nature. When, it's something, when a machine becomes complicated enough, if it's as complicated as a living being, it has the potential... The potential to achieve sentience, and uh, also it doesn't necessarily mean it always will. It has the potential to achieve sentience, and also uh, the key word from your description uh, was uh, artificial, artificial life. Uh, this is where we insert your sound clip from uh, <laughs> from Deep Space Nine. It's a fake. <laughs> what? What's that? <laughs> That's from the episode in the pale moonlight. It's a fake. You you got to watch that episode. I don't think you've seen that one. Fantastic. Episode. Oh, it's a brilliant episode. Absolutely. Romulan turns up. It's a fake. Talking I'll show about you. what? Uh, yeah. he's talking about a hologram. Oh, a holodeck oh. program. Oh right. Oh. It's just a bit with. Is that the one that Garrick was involved in? Yes. Yes. Oh, we have. I have seen that one. You have seen that one. It's a great episode. Yeah. But it's just a really nice clip with the woman shouting, it's a fake! And I'm sort of, I've developed a little bit of a reputation for being quite good at shouting, it's a fake, haven't I? <laughs> yeah. On 10 forward, I, I recorded them a little holiday, a little uh, little bumper clip, didn't I, to put it in the middle. Yeah, so that's the thing, it's getting about. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I, I don't think... Uh, artificial does, isn't, artificial isn't invalid though, Wayne. An artificial life form is no less a life form. Not at all. Look at all the um, look at all the artificial um, organs and things that they're all. Yeah. yeah, but they're not sentient. 
<laughs> does the person become less sentient because they have an artificial heart? It's, yeah, beca- it's Picard less. It's Picard less sentient because he has an artificial heart. Well, that's totally he is not, different. That it's is not totally, totally different. different. That's <laughs> totally different. That is a piece of equipment that it does its job. <laughs> that is, that a, brain, is, a brain is a piece of equipment that does its job. Yeah, but it's a piece of equipment that cannot be replaced or replicated. Could be. Did you, two, did you two do this quite often? Yes. You... Once every Wayne, so often. Wayne and I have this argument every so often. Yes, <laughs> and to be honest, honestly, as I've said before, it, it, it's, it's no different from... You, you can get all soppy over Data and the Doctor, but I get upset when my Xbox breaks. <laughs> so. So, I, I don't think we're ever going to really agree. <laughs> we're uh, never going I, to agree I think them. I think one day, probably not in our lifetime, but each household will have a data without yeah, a doubt. Exactly, and I won't feel bad for uh, not giving him a day off. <laughs> You're going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like it'd be like Crichton, wouldn't he, from Red Dwarf? He will he will gain joy from folding your sheets. Yeah, see, <laughs> yeah. exactly, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so moving on, moving on from the Doctor then, because obviously she had this fantastic relationship with the Doctor, yes. and then towards the end of Voyager, they did, you know, they decided that they would romantically pair her up with someone, and of oh, all of God. the people, yeah. You know where I'm going here, don't you? And that's something we talked about earlier, Kirsty. They decided to pair her up with Chakotay. Yes, I know. I uh, mean, that's random. Well, um, yeah, I mean, his characters look great anyway. Um, oh, <laughs> I find him a little bit boring. The thing is, I th- he wasn't given a lot to do. He's okay. He's not, he's not crap. He's not a, a really bad character. They just didn't give him a lot to do. I think, unfortunately, he really suffered at the wrath of the writers. He was a victim of... No, he wasn't... He was a victim of bad writing. Yeah. He, he could have been potentially quite interesting, but just poor writing. They just wrote everything for Janeway. Yeah. A lot yeah. of the other characters. And when Seven came along, that was it. He was just there in the background pressing buttons. Unfor- um, didn't have a lot to do. That's the thing. It's, it's one of them things that I feel so bad for... Uh, oh crap! What's his name? Robert uh, Beltran. Yeah, Robert Beltran, because he really, to be honest, when he's given something to run with, he some does of the fantastic. Episodes, some of the episodes that were focused around him, he actually did really, really well in. Um, one of them being Nemesis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that one where he goes down to the planet and they have those. He's fighting with those humanoid creatures against what he perceives as the enemy, but the humans he's with are actually the terrorists on this planet. You know, the episode, I mean, yeah. the, the, the crading. Um, and he's really, really good in that episode. He's, you know, he's, he's acted really well and has a, a lot to do and it's really interesting. But unfortunately, there's only about half a dozen episodes in the entire series where he gets to do that. But of all of the people they decide to pair Seven up with is him. Maybe that's why. Maybe they wanted uh, spices. Yeah, but it was only in about the last sort of half of season seven, I think, where they did that. And I suppose when you look at it, they weren't going to pair him up with Tom Paris because he was already married to Bellana at that point and she was pregnant, so he was out the window. Yeah. It was never going to be Harry Kim. 
No, but actually, towards the end, they, they actually started to have quite a good relationship, didn't they? With Harry Kim? Yeah. Yeah, but she, in, was never, she was never going to shag him, though, was she? No, 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 no. I, did, I didn't mean from a, a romantic <laughs> point of view, but actually, you know, um, she found him quite irritating. Um, but so did everyone else, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Poor dumb Harry. Um, they were never going to pair her up with with with, uh, with him. So I guess of the males on the ship, it wasn't going to be Tuvok because he'd been married for about 50 years and he was completely devoted to his wife. It wasn't going to be the Doctor. It should have been the Doctor. But obviously they decided no because the Doctor was holographic. They weren't going to do that. Mm. Or oh, it's going to be Chakotay and they were left with Chakotay and just, they just sort of put that in but for no real reason it just seemed like it was forced into the whole storyline the thing is is i hate it when they do this when they force a relationship uh into the series just like the wharf and deanna relationship yeah they've they called it too late if they had put in much more subtle progression yeah throughout the entire series then it, it would feel differently, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would yeah. feel so much more differently. But because they had just whacked it in halfway through the last season, it, it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. And that's it, once again, I in no way look badly on Robert, uh, uh, not uh, Beltran. Robert Beltran. I was going to say Duncan McNeil. Uh, Robert uh, Beltran, because is. They're forced into these situations, and for me... I'm sure he wasn't complaining, however. No, 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 <laughs> not at all, because it's the most that he had got to do on the show in ages. <laughs> yeah. And that is a travesty in itself, um, because I really liked uh, Chicote. But with Seven and him, it just... It just didn't work whatsoever. I really do feel they should have either stuck with the Doctor, uh, like because that was a very natural relationship that had been yeah, there from definitely. day one. Yeah. Or if not, what's wrong with being single or meeting someone on the lower decks? Oh, yeah, mm. but she has to experience all that, though, doesn't she? That's part of... Uh... Yeah, but she did so really. I mean, the most they ever did, they had a couple of little romantic picnics on the holodeck, didn't they? And that oh, was pretty did, much did it. They never, they never did the deed. Well, not that we ever saw, oh. or not that was ever. Well, obviously, you wouldn't see it on Star Trek, but no, no, it no. wasn't. It wasn't ever hinted at. They had a couple of nice little cosy picnics on the holodeck, well, I, I and that was know. pretty much it. They, they, they could show it. They, we did have a couple of uh, moments with uh, Q in bed with people. Yeah, but it wasn't in bed in a, in a sexual type of way, though, wasn't it? Yeah, he would he would beam into uh, yeah Picard or Jane yeah, or Jane, Jane Janeway in a famous pink nighty. But also um, in the most recent one, to Paul was it is it to Paul? There was there was yeah. there was some steamy bit going was, on there. Was, there was a little bit that was a little bit later. Yeah, obviously oh, yeah. she had the relationship with uh, with Trip, and then um, obviously uh, in Nemesis uh, when. Uh, Deanna's mind raped. Yes, as well. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if you've seen Nemesis. I don't know if I've seen it. No, it's not wonderful. No. Mind raped. Uh, yeah, no. You, it's when you, uh, her and Ryder are being intimate, and then the bad guy, uh, like sort of just fades her head. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay. 
I don't know if you I don't know if you've seen that movie. It's not wonderful. Data dies in it. I'm still upset about that. Um, yeah, yeah. I won't worry about too much rushing. What to watch that? No, watch that. no. <laughs> when you've seen all of the other Star Trek and you're bored of it, then watch that. Mm. Um, to be honest, but yeah, there you go. But it, but one relationship that you have left out that I feel was uh, like quite an important relationship for her, and, and that I really enjoyed was her relationship with Naomi Wildman. Yes, of course. She did. That's an interesting one, actually. That's a, that's a very good point you bring up, because she did have this sort of... Big, big sister. Big sister. I wasn't going to say mother. I was sort of no. pausing over that. I was thinking, yeah, a big sister type, or, or, or an auntie relationship um, yeah. that she had with her. And the, the, the two were sort of inter- interesting, because obviously Naomi was a child... Um, she would only have been about six or seven, obviously, by the end of the series. She seemed a bit older, but then we don't know because she's half human, half Katarian, is she? Something like yeah. that. She seems a lot older than her years, but okay, fair enough. But the two seem almost, in some ways, childlike together. Mm-hmm. You can see that when Seven is with Naomi, she's able to explore some of her child side. Yeah, because obviously she wouldn't have she wouldn't have ever had that. Yeah. Not, not obviously up until the age of six, but um, I suppose I suppose Naomi, yeah, she just reminded her of what it felt like to be young child again, and, I and, and see things through a child's eyes, or, or or see things in a completely different way. Because even though even though Seven or Annika, of course, is her real name, she'd been a child. She'd been on that ship with her parents for years, so I guess she didn't really have any other children to play with. No. She'd, she'd left the Alpha Quadrant when she was very young. Her parents were these bold explorers who'd gone off to the other side of the galaxy to, to look for the Borg. Um, and she probably never had any other children to play with. So uh, that's an interesting point, Wayne. Uh, the, the, well, the impression that I got f- from the Raven that it wouldn't have surprised me if Seven was actually born on the Raven, that mm. she had never known... Mm. Anything else? Anything else other than that? Because, mm. because obviously, I don't think uh, you guys have only just watched it. I'm trying to remember. I don't think they ever mentioned how long they have been searching, had they? No, no. Um, only only that um, she remembers having having her sixth birthday. Yeah, there yeah. was six six candles on the cake and the seventh for, for to be getting on with. Yeah, for yeah. growth or something. Yeah. Um, and there was a later episode as well, which was the episode I thought we were watching, but there is the later one, where you see a lot more of her parents. Um, I don't know if they ever actually say, but she was certainly very, very young, so she would have almost no memory of uh, of, of any other children at all. No, exactly. And uh, because, obviously, the Raven wouldn't have had as high a warp drive as, say, the Enterprise, or... Yeah. Uh, and. It would take of, them months and months and months to get anywhere, wouldn't it? Yeah, and literally because they were going like on this mission to try and discover this mysterious species that they've heard rumours about, it's one of the missions that they were going for a hell of a long time on. Mm. And to get near Borg space, that would take a fair bit of travel. Oh, yeah, it would have taken them a long, long time, yeah. 
That's yeah. a good point there. Yeah, she did have this nice little, um, a nice little relationship with Naomi. Yeah, or running off and playing, uh, what was it, Cadescott? Cadescott, yes, they used to play. Yeah, they used to play that together, didn't they? I really like the episode as well. I think it's Infinite Regress, where she takes on, where they're near a Borg vinculum and Seven takes on multiple personalities from previously uh, assimilated humanoids. And she behaves like a child and she runs off and plays with with yes. Naomi. Come, come and play with me. And she grabs her by the hand and they go running off. And the, she she takes on the persona of a Klingon, etc. It's a really, really interesting episode. And she does have that little childlike thing going on with Naomi. A really, really, some really nice scenes there. Uh, I did, yeah, I, uh, Jerry Ryan acted that fantastic. And yeah. she was absolutely brilliant. But with that episode, I particularly didn't like really like it too much just because it almost reminded me of um, like when uh, Jadzia uh, like uh, re- like has flashbacks to uh, oh, yes. previous hosts. Yeah. And it's just like uh, almost retreading on that sort of ground. But saying that uh, that episode was far better done than that deep. I can't remember the name of the episode now, but it wasn't a particularly good episode of Deep Space Nine. I know the one you mean. Um, but I suppose it's only a matter of time before you do recycle some ideas. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But still, so yeah, and then obviously Seven became more of a mother figure to um, the Borg children that came on board. Yes, yes. So, I mean, obviously, a lot of them, I can't remember the names of any of those other kids other than Echeb, because I think they were only around for about two or three episodes. Maybe yeah. maybe, th- maybe three or four. I can't quite remember. And they all buggered off somewhere, or they all got dropped off at their home planets, and Echeb stayed. And she was then able to... I mean, Echeb hadn't been a drone for anywhere near as long as she had, but she was. it was quite a nice little touch that she could give advice on how she'd learned to become an individual um, back to each Echeb and, and did again become that sort of mother figure. Mm-hmm. Did he and die, Echeb? Unfortunately, he... not. Not, no. No, he didn't. No, he didn't, which is a shame because he was an irritating twat. Um, <laughs> Though, if we get to interview him at Star Trek London... <laughs> he's a great guy. Well, there's a fairly, it's a fairly good chance because he's a nobody... Um, he's not very interesting at all. Yeah, he will be at Star Trek London. It's like, yeah, you're the guy who played Echeb. Yeah, I've got nothing to say to you. Um, but yeah, we we might get the chance to interview him. Like I say, because he's a nobody. Um, he didn't die though. What happened to him in the end? I have no idea. He, uh, he, he was Echeb really. Echeb really did not do anything to. Yeah. Uh, I remember like, the one episode where they find his home planet and they're going to leave him there. Um, or the, the, his base were using some of the children as sort of bait to bring Borg in, weren't they? Yes. Do you remember that? And, the, and then they, they were going to leave him there on his home planet and then they decide to take him back and he goes back on Voyager. That's pretty much all I can remember about Echeb. Yeah, it's other like than, other, than, other than him trying to get off of Balana that one time. Um, <laughs> he thought Balana was coming on to him. Yeah. Uh, 
other than that, I've got nothing to say on him. He's, uh, that's, uh, he, he didn't leave any lasting impression. No. no. I mean, I've seen an awful lot of Star Trek, but other than that, I can't remember anything about him, which says a lot, really. Speaks volumes. It really, it really does. It really does. So, but, but the whole point of her taking on that mother role was interesting for Seven of Nine. Even if the person she was, you know, being a mother to was completely unforgettable. <laughs> yeah. So she she went that whole circle though, didn't she? From from mindless Borg drone all the way to almost being what we would accept as a a rounded human being. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, definitely. Um... And it's a big shame she's not going to be in Star Trek London because you did ask that earlier today, didn't you, Kirsty? And unfortunately, I did. Yeah. Unfortunately, she does have work commitments, so. She won't be there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also, uh, great show in the galaxy kind of cornered the market on Voyager, Voyager crew. Yeah, yeah. So there was, yeah, there was the con earlier. Was that around May time? I think it was, wasn't it? And that they pretty much had all of the Voyager crew there, which is why we've only got who have we got at Star Trek London? We've got Kate Mulgrew and the guy who played each Eb. Yeah, that's all of Voyager. Is that it? That's pretty much it. From Voyager. Yeah, that's Voyager in a nutshell. Yeah. Yes, there's some really good characters, isn't there, from Voyager? Like, Paris yeah. is a good character. Yeah. Uh, Bellona, Neelix. I like Neelix. And the, You're a Neelix fan, aren't you, mate? I, I am. I don't mind Neelix whatsoever. Uh, Ethan Phillips is a great guy. Uh, I, th- I think he portrayed very well, and I think Neelix is very underrated. Uh, as a character. Mm, he's a good ship motivator, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think people are far too harsh on him. Hmm. But I personally, with regards to... Uh, I don't know where my train of thought was going there. <laughs> You've completely lost the it. The Voyager anyway. crew, with regards yeah. to the Voyager crew. Yeah, with regards to the Voyager crew not being there, they do still have uh, Deep Space Nine he- he- pretty heavily covered. Mm. So if you're a Deep Space Nine fan, you're sorted. Yes. Yeah. Is Odo going to be yes. there? I mean, I Rene, don't know if they're... Yeah, Rene Aubergine, yeah, he's going to be there. Kira will be there. Um, we got Andrew Robinson as Garrick. Um, yes, very excited. Cisco, obviously. Yes, Cisco will be there. Um, uh, then uh, Jake's going to be there. Sir yeah, Glockman. Sir, Sir Glockman uh, will be there as well. Is Quark, Quark going to be there? No, unfortunately. No. That would have been a re- that would have been really really cool. Yeah. Um, we got a few from Enterprise. Wolf. Yeah, of course from TNG and from Deep Space Nine. Yeah, Michael Dawn will be there. Um, there's a couple more from Deep Space Nine as well, isn't there? So. How many from the Archer crew? Uh, you've well, got we've, the well, guys. We've got, yeah, we've got obviously Scott Bakula. So we've got Captain Archer, we've got Trip and Tucker, and was that it from Enterprise? I'm just trying to think. I'm uh, I'm going to have to look at the uh, guests. I'm going to have to start it because I counted it up the other day. There were 39 guests. Obviously, with uh, Deep Space Nine as well, they do also have uh, Martok. Oh yeah, of course. Garrowon and Martok, of course. And Garrow. Chase Masterson. Oh, and Chase Masterson, of course. Oh, yes. And Jeffrey Coons. Yeah. And Jeffrey Coons. How could we forget the lovely Lita? Yeah, that's what yeah. I was going to say. 
and uh, Mark Alamo. Yeah. yeah. And Casey Biggs. Actually, there's loads of them. Yeah. I've forgotten about all those, yeah. Uh, though, uh, from Voyager as well, there's Martha Hackett, who plays Seska. Yeah, I'm not so bothered about her. I never thought she was very really good. Um, I, I wasn't a fan, personally. Remind me? What? She was, was she, she very much? She was in Voyager. She was in the early season. She was a... a Bajoran. Bajoran. But she wasn't actually Bajoran. She was a, a Cardassian disguised as a Bajoran who infiltrated the Maquis and then she left with a case on and then died in the end. Yeah. Yeah. So You'd probably recognise her if you yeah. saw her as early Voyager. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, th- though with Enterprise, um, it really is the lead three guys. Yeah, it's the three guys, isn't it? And that's it. Yeah. Which, uh, to be honest, I think... Uh, well, Jeffrey Coombs, he was in Enterprise as Shran, of course. Yeah. Yeah, Jeffrey Coombs is fantastic. Did he ever pl- play anything in Voyager? I don't think he did. I did don't he? think he did, no. It's DS9 and and Enterprise. Although he's been in... He's played a number of characters. Oh, multiple. multiple yeah, he's, multiple played, he's played a lot of different characters. I'd have to actually check. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no. Anyway... Cool. But still. But uh, all, all round, though, I think, yes, uh, Voyager did. Uh, I think it was down to the writing staff more than anything that Voyager could be considered after season four to be uh, the Janeway and Seven show. Yes. Mm. Because Jerry Taylor just had this huge plan for this whole girl power movement. Through, through Voyager, which meant that her Balana and Seven could do everything. Yeah. And but for me, but for me mostly, I, I think it worked. Oh, I, th- I, I don't I, think I, that's I, such I, a bad thing. No, I don't think it. It's is. so heavily um, populated. You know, it's so been man heavy for. You know, with the next generation and um, the original Star Trek. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when did Voyager? When did Voyager come out? Was that after Deep Space Nine? It was, it was about 94, 95. So DS9 was probably season in three. season... Yeah, season uh, three before the Dominion War. Yeah, around season three. So it was running and at was, the same time. It was straight after TNG had ended. Yeah. So, so it was running at the same time. So perhaps they thought that actually, you know, just to bring new, new watchers... Mm. Perhaps from the female variety rather than uh, yeah. Well, just... and also unlike Deep Space Nine, which was syndicated, Voyager was uh, the property was being shown solely on the United Paramount Network. So yeah. they uh, and it was being like used the, as like the, the flagship show. Yeah. Right. So they they really was trying to push it to as much of a mainstream audience as they could mm. to get as many people in where Deep Space Nine was pretty much left to their Deep own devices. Yeah, DS9 is a little bit of a niche show, I think. Although I think it's fantastic. I love it. I think it's brilliant. I think it is very much um, one of those shows that divides people, yeah, I would say. I, I, would I, love, say it. I love it. It's fantastic. I would I say Space that is amazing, that is maybe more of the case in the States than it is in the UK. Because whenever I speak to anyone in the UK, I rarely get anyone that dislikes Voy- uh, dislikes DS9. Yeah. 
Well, why is it never on telly then? It's never on TV here. You 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 look at. I mean, we've got Sky, mm. and there's about four different channels show Star Trek. Yeah. You will see Voyager on all the time, um, and TNG all the time. You never. I haven't seen Deep Space Nine on telly in the UK for years since Sky One used to show it. About they stopped showing it at least ten years ago. You never see it on TV. Why don't you ever see DS9 on telly? Because it's awesome. Maybe it's just... Uh, which which one of them is the most popular? Is there any kind of... Part? TNG. 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 It's still the most popular. And I love TNG because it's what I grew up with. But it's still the most popular. But DS9 is fantastic. And you never, ever see it on TV. Yeah. No, you, you, I have no... I, I don't have an answer for you. Yeah. I don't have an answer for you because I don't think that fairly reflects how the fans feel. No. I think uh, it's maybe just how the TV people feel. Yeah. It just but, shows you what TV people know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but with the... Uh, uh, but I just feel that by... Uh, the thing is, they put a hell of a lot on Jerry Ryan's shoulders. They did give her some stories that they probably could have gave to other characters. Mm. But mm. she done a fantastic job she pulled it off. She'd done absolutely amazing as that character, and she really did uh, blow everyone else out of the water because she really... I don't think if if you'd got a lesser actor that you would have got the same results. No. she was. I mean, she proved she wasn't just a bit of eye candy. She wasn't yeah. just... No, she tits, was She wasn't just tits and ass. Or she, she, you know, she could actually act... Which really did make the difference. And like we're watching Body and Soul, and you know the way she played the Doctor was brilliant. You know she really managed to pull Robert Picardo off to, you know, to a real T. It was it was really really fun to watch. Yeah, very believable. Yeah, definitely. You could really believe that he had gone into her body with all of the mannerisms. It was fantastic. Yeah. And I I don't think her uh, skills really. uh, Finished there because I was speaking to Michael Clark and he was uh, saying that he's been watching um, the TV series Body of Proof. I haven't seen that. No, I haven't. I know she's seen in that. I haven't watched it, but I hear it's really, really good. Yeah, he was saying that she's absolutely fantastic uh, in that series. So, so it's it's not a one-trick pony. Uh, she she's definitely an actress that can, uh, when she puts her mind to it, can uh, cover any sort of role. Mm. Yeah, definitely. As well, so. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, all in all, I I would say that she was a big success for the series. Yeah. Personally, I thought she was great, and yeah. not just and not just because of her looks. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Nowhere near. That would be very shallow-minded to even it consider that. It, it would be. Yeah. It would be. <laughs> so yeah, no. Well, I think that pretty much covers the topic. It does. For this week. Quite in depth as well. Yeah. We, we went on for quite a while there, didn't we? Do you not usually go on that long then? Not usually. <laughs> well, sometimes we do. Sometimes we do. But that was... Uh, no, that was good. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Very good. So, Kirsty, would you like to uh, tell everyone where they can get hold of you, uh, should they wish to? Should they? Uh, should the listeners wish to uh, tweet you and say hello? Oh, I don't know. How do they do that? You are uh, at Kirsty. email address. No, your Twitter handle. You are at Kirsty Stamper on Twitter. 
I am at Kirsty Stamper on Twitter. You are, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so after you've listened to the show, uh, send Kirsty a tweet and uh, let her know if you've uh, enjoyed listening to her or not. But I'm sure they have. You did very well. I know you were a little bit nervous, but you did very well. So well done. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you for joining us. You're very welcome. It's, it's been a real pleasure, and uh, I look forward to meeting you in three weeks' time. Yes, I know. It's going to be like meeting the family, isn't it? It is. Yes, very much so. <laughs> it really is. Yes, well, um, take care then, Wayne, and thank you very much for allowing me to come on this evening. <laughs> my pleasure, my <laughs> pleasure. So I guess it means it's time for this. And now it's time for Name That Trek, the weekly quiz where you have to guess a character from the following audio clip. Fascinating. Yes, and it's the long-awaited return of Name That Trek. It's been a while. It has been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. I had to go back and listen to them again because I've completely forgotten. Because it's been uh, three, three weeks? Is it three weeks? Two weeks since we did the Potathon, so it must be three weeks. Yeah. Yeah, three weeks. Yeah. Don't, yeah. mate. I hadn't wrote down the answers, so, <laughs> yeah. so I had to uh, best best to keep a spreadsheet. Yeah, so it had to reverse engineer <laughs> the uh, last clips. But yeah, no, we've got there in the end, and we've got the answers for you. Now, anyone that doesn't uh, isn't familiar with uh, name that trek. Name that trek is our weekly. Uh, quiz, which gives you the chance to build up some points in order to win a Star Trek DVD box set of your choice. Now, this is a competition that's run over 10 weeks, and uh, this is issue. Uh, this will be installment number three, I think. Three. Yes, yeah, number three. Three. So it's still perfectly early doors to get your answers in to uh, build up your rank. And to be honest, the best way to explain how to play the pod is to play you uh, last week's clips along with the question uh, that was asked, and then we'll be able to uh, give you the answers and see how you're done. So here goes. Running a fuel consumption analysis. What happened to your hair? Not yet. (whistles) Although I understand... In technical terms, how life is formed, there is still a part of the process which eludes me. The child inside you, are you able to access his thought process? Does he have thoughts? You are aware of him. Is he aware of you? When does that awareness begin? It's happening. How does it feel? Data. Yes? Now. 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 Doctor. 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 And for this week's mystery character... The three clues are, I was born in 2335. You could say, I have a twin brother. And I slept with Kira Norris. Okay then. Now, for one point each, we ask you to name the first uh, three characters that you hear a short bit of audio for. Those on answers were Lon Suda, uh, Boothby, and Shran. So, uh, all very... Boothby won through me a little bit. <laughs> what happened to your hair? <laughs> yeah. Just threw me completely. I knew the Lonsuda one. Um, very distinctive voice. But yeah, Boothby threw me. 
I mean, I'm surprised at that, being such a big TNG fan. Mm, mm. But still, yeah, no, that's the thing. Uh, we found out many times that it's, it's easier to play this game when you know the answers. Yes, <laughs> it certainly is. So, uh, also, the episode that you had to guess was The Child. So, uh, that was another two points there for you to pick up. And for three points, the name, the character, I was very, very easy going on you guys this yeah. week. Yeah. It was Thomas Riker. So, now that you've got all of them uh, answers under your belt, and you've got a good idea how to play, how about we give this week's clips a listen? I know I can resist. Got them. A piece of them anyway. Long-range tactical vessel. You wish to see me, Mr. Tubak? Sit down. You were alone in engineering when crewman Darwin reported for duty last night. Yes, sir. Did you speak to him? No, we just sort of looked at each other and he did whatever he had to do and I did what I had to do. And what was that? I was, um running a fuel consumption analysis for Lieutenant Torres. She can tell you. Are you accusing me of killing him? Now, there should definitely be a couple of points there. Yeah. For you. So, yeah. You can always get a couple. You can always get a couple. So if you can name them three characters and the episode, then that's five altogether. So... Give it one more listen to see how you get on. I know I can resist. Got them. A piece of them anyway. Long-range tactical vessel. You wish to see me, Mr. Tubak? Sit down. You were alone in engineering when crewman Darwin reported for duty last night. Yes, sir. Did you speak to him? No, we just sort of looked at each other and he did whatever he had to do and I did what I had to do. And what was that? I was um, running a fuel consumption analysis for Lieutenant Torres. She can tell you. Are you accusing me of killing him? Okay, so there's your clips. Now, your mystery character uh, is uh, to be identified from the following clues. I was born in 2088. I am not a human. (laughs) And I have successfully overcome my addiction. So, if you can get that character, that's another three points right there. So, if you're a fan of that series, I think you should be able to get it. So, uh, get your answers in to uh, are our new emails live to go, Mark? Um, they are live to go. They are live. Uh, I created about 25 mailboxes on good. Friday. So, yeah, yeah, they're, they're Live to go. Did, well, did, the, did we create one for name that track? 
Not specifically, no. There's too many emails. But they can they can email checkmate at checkmatefamily.com. Yeah, or you can tweet us at uh, at checkmate1701 on Twitter, though. Please make sure it's a direct message. And to do that, we do need to be following you. So just give us a nudge if we're not. Yeah, or you can contact us on Facebook. We are uh, we're just checkmate on Facebook, aren't we? Yes, we are. Yes, just search for checkmate on Facebook and you can send us a message. Or, if you really want to, you can send us a, a, a voicemail on Skype. We are Checkmate1701 on Skype. Brilliant stuff. So, it's time for this. Time for Stump the Quizmaster. Stump the Quizmaster. Stump the Quizmaster. Yes, now that you've had your chance to play, it's time to put Mark through his paces. Hmm. As uh, you, You've been resting on your laurels for too long, my friend. Yes, I've been having a, a little rest. You, so you, let's, let's, let's see how I, uh, let's see how well I do this week then. Yeah, I hope, I hope you've had a stretch and a bit of a limber up. Because uh, here they come, three questions all the way from uh, Texas. <laughs> That's from Cena, more from Cena, isn't it? It is indeed. We're on her uh, final few questions that she uh, had sent over. So let's uh, get them up for you. Okay then. Cena asks, uh, what is Jake Sisko's wife's name in the Deep Space Nine episode, The Visitor? I know this one. Funnily enough, we didn't watch this one too long ago. Yeah, well, we did a real-time review of it, obviously, on the Podathon, and I'd actually watched it the day before as well. Uh, her name was Karenna. It was indeed. Very well done. Yeah. Good start. Okay, then. Question number two. Yep. Name one of the other characters that Max Gredenchek, uh plays other than Rom or Mirror Rom. Ha, easy. Um, he plays... Um, I can probably name a couple, but does she only want one? She only wanted one to give one. it to you. Okay, so she, played, she played Sovak. He, he played Sovak, who was the Ferengi in Captain's Holiday, an episode that we actually reviewed on the Podathon as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sovak. Oh. He also played uh, Gint, who was the first uh, Nagus. Yeah, he did indeed. There, yeah. there are two others. Um, he probably plays another Ferengi. But I don't know who, and I don't know. I got I got I got two there, and she only wanted one. So yeah, no. So double points. Cool. Uh, the other Ferengi that he played in a TNG episode uh, called The Perfect Mate was uh, oh. Par Lenore. Okay, The Perfect Mate. Yeah, and also yeah, yeah. I think I remember the episode. Yeah. And also there was a trick one here with. Uh, uh, in a deleted scene from Star Trek Insurrection, <laughs> he uh, played an unnamed Trill Ensign. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, no, definitely. So, uh, unfortunately, I've only got two questions for you this week, Mark. That's the end of Cena's list. Well, I got two. Yeah, so you got two points. So, two out of two. Ain't bad, my friend. Not bad at all. So, so remember, if you think you can stump the Quizmaster, 
then send those questions over to trekmate at trekmatefamily.com. Yeah. Hey, we're getting to use the new email address. Awesome. <laughs> Very nice indeed. Okay, now the next section is a favourite. Yeah, it's definitely. It's provided by our good friend Matt Warwick, and he has given us some audio clips. These are parts of the soundtrack from episodes of TNG, but without any of the dialogue. So uh, we see if Mark can name the episode simply by the awesome soundtrack. Yeah, I think we were on seven each, weren't we? I'm pretty sure that's where we are at the minute. I think he was. Matt versus Mark. I'm I'm sure sure Matt will tell us whether that's right or not. I'm pretty sure that is right. But let's see how we get on this week. Yeah, let's give it a listen. It's not very. It's not one that hits you in the face. No, I do recognise it though. I do know it. Well, I can guarantee at some point you would have listened to it. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. But it's quite different to a lot of the other ones we've had before yeah. from Matt. Uh, I. I'm wondering. I think. I think this is a little bit later than some of the others. Hmm. Um. I. I think this is. The. Uh, bugger. I can't remember the name of the episode. No, what happens is one with. I think it's the one where Reg is first in it. And he's got his holodeck thing going on, but I can't remember the name of the episode. You're right. I I am the goddess of empathy, but I don't remember the name of the episode. You sure? Am I sure I don't remember the name of the episode? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I don't remember the name of the episode. I'm not sure if it's that either. Um, bugger. <laughs> I'm sure it's that one, but I can't remember. Hollow Pursuits. Hollow Pursuits is the episode. Mark, you are on form. Yeah, that rest has obviously done me some good. That's Excellent. it. It's, it's obviously what was needed. Yeah, needed a little bit of a break. That that's uh, yeah, that doesn't bode well for next week. But never mind. Three out of three this week. Yeah, for that. So I think done. that means I think that means Matt. I am in the league. But I think I think he's got a new batch ready for us all. I think we're didn't you say we're pretty much towards the end of the current yeah, batch? Yeah, he's got one more. Oh, okay, one more. So then we'll have the new batch over. He's going to come up with some real stinkers, then, isn't he? <laughs> he really is. Uh, but the uh, because he's uh, and you're right, that was spot on. That was from the scene of uh, right drawing the goddess of empathy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so just in case anyone else isn't uh, familiar with that. Uh, let's re- refresh your memories and just listen to exactly uh, where it would have fitted in with the episode. 
You're taking it so seriously. It's not without its element of humor. I am the goddess of empathy. Cast off your inhibitions and embrace love, truth, joy. Oh, my God. Discard your facades and reveal your true being to me. Computer, discontinue. Computer, belay that order. We want to get more insight into what's been troubling this poor man, remember? See, it, it yeah. always makes much more sense when you've got the talking around it. Yeah, it really does, yeah. That's Not right. all of us are as uh, talented as yourself, Mark. But, um, it is quite distinctive, though, and I do remember it. I've seen, I have watched that episode quite a lot. I don't think a lot of people like it, but I, I really like Reg Barkley. I've always been a fan of his, and there's some really funny bits in that episode. Yeah. No, I can go with that. He's got he's got uh, Riker being the, the little, really short guy, and is that where Wesley's sort of like little boy blue in this like really bad outfit eating this big pie, like a big fruit pie? Yeah. yeah. So quite funny. Yeah, definitely. Now we are going to try and aim to have figured out a new game for next week to uh, round off the pod since we retired. Name that track. Because we have been... Track off. Oh, I do that all the time. That track. Yeah, no, the track off. <laughs> I always got confused with that as well. <laughs> Since we uh, haven't been playing uh, the track off recently. Uh, so I think what we'll do is really try and butt heads and figure something out for next week. Because I think it'll be nice to get back to a format of a finishing on uh, a versus game. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no. So if you, if you do have any ideas, email us trekmate uh, at trekmatefamily.com, uh, and we'd appreciate any help because uh, we're struggling. <laughs> <laughs> we are. Yeah, we are. Uh, yeah, we're. Yeah. We would like to have a new game, sir. What would you like to see? Let us know. Yeah, exactly. No strip poker. <laughs> well, that's all right because we don't have webcams. So. <laughs> Yeah, but still the dog would get very disturbed. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> don't want to frighten the animals. So, uh, make sure that you uh, check it, uh, drop in and uh, visit us again next week. And uh, remember, we've got seven days a week of uh, Trek goodness coming on. So, uh, actually, we should put together a uh, little advert to put in the pod. <laughs> to advertise, yeah. yeah, to advertise all the others, yeah, we should probably do that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but until then, make sure you tune in on Monday for previously in the Alpha Quadrant, uh, where we review episode, episode of Enterprise with Adam and Paul. Uh, Tuesday, check out In the Wilderness with JD and Fez as they visit DS9. Wednesdays, visit someone called Mark Stamper. Yeah. yeah some fella. Just uh, this supplemental thingy. Yeah, supplemental thingy-majig. Not sure what that's about. On Thursdays, uh, join us for Brace for Impact. And on Friday, join us for for, uh, 10 Forward uh, with uh, Cena and Jacqueline, uh, regularly being visited by Matt uh, and uh, Michael seeming to pop his head. Yeah, Mike seems to be be, uh, fairly regular there now, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And uh, on Saturdays, you can obviously now visit the holodeck 
So uh, that's uh, a full week for you to look forward to. And obviously visit us again on Sunday next yes, week. Yes, indeed. So uh, um, make sure that you visit the site, read some of the features, and uh, join in. So trekmatefamily.com and uh, join the forum as well. Paul will be so happy that I pimps the forum. He will. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't done a very good job of pimping it. It's fantastic. <laughs> Go over and have a look at the forum. It's amazing. It really is. There's, there's a lot goes on there, actually. There's a lot of good discussion happens on the forum. It really is. Uh, Paul turned around and told me that the average uh, last month for, uh, for posts was 1,000 posts. Mm. So I suppose uh, that works out at... So that's 31, yeah, I'm just having a little question. 32 yeah. posts a day. Yeah, I've just had a look and um, Paul has posted who would win in a fight, uh, Spot or Pothos? Pothos. That's Four just, is too much of a wimp. Yeah, spot definitely. Spot definitely. Yeah. So yeah, 32 posts a day and uh, let people know whether you think Porthos would beat Spot at a fight. Right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, make sure that you drop by the forum because everyone else has done such much better job at pimping it than what we have. Yeah, but it's fantastic. <laughs> it really is, it really is. Um, so that's it for this week. Uh, I guess that's Trek, mate. Space, the final frontier. To boldly go where no one has gone before.
computer stayed at the point. Thank you. 